I feel like I don't want to do anything. <laughs> and I, I'm not even kidding you. I'm like, yeah. I'm like I don't want to get a Christmas tree. Aww. I don't want to get the fucking shit out. I don't want to put a goddamn light up. I don't want to... I don't even want to get the bottle brush trees out, guys. I don't even want to get them out. Wow. no idea. I don't know, but it seemed like restarting your computers worked. Yeah, I think that Zoom had updates or something because it had that little like progress bar when Zoom was restarting. But well, I don't know why. Here's it what I know. Yes. I know that what? literally no technology has worked for me for <laughs> days. Oh my goodness. I haven't touched technology in days and I feel like it was being held against me by my devices. We're like, oh, you want to use us now? Okay. Yeah, I don't even know. Um, I don't even know if that, I don't even know what is happening. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. It feels like it, maybe this is the part where AI starts to take over. Like, you know what I mean? Well, it's doing a know. bad job so far. No, so far it's not killing it. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> not thrilled. Not thrilled with everyone. Going it on. just took thirty-one minutes. Thirty-one for, fucking minutes for Busy and I to be able to hear each other. But thank you for your patience while something mm. happened. I can't even. Here's what I will say. I can't even identify what made it start to work, except for turning it off and turning it back on again, like our grandmothers always said to do. Come on, we just got to turn it off and turn it on. That's it. <laughs> Works for people too sometimes. I think you're right. I think shut it you're down, right. and then you can turn it on. Just shut it. Shut down. it the fuck down. <sighs> How you doing? Other I mean, that, you're it, annoyed. Like I'm not annoyed. It just makes me so frustrated that yes. it seems like it seems like it feels personal. It feels like technology. It feels personal, yeah, never works the same way twice, mm. and like. I know that's not true. I know rationally it's just ones and zeros and that there is always an answer to what the problem is. Mm. But then no, I'm I with you. No, I'm with you. It feels personal, you know? And you're just like, why did you change it from like one week ago? Just one week ago. Yeah, why are you being such an asshole? <laughs> and it's like, it, the, you're right. The same thing does happen with people. But like it's to be expected with people but you should be able to count on a robot to do the same thing twice, you know? So, I think and it's, it's an important, I think it's an important lesson for us all to learn. <laughs> Not even the robots have consistency no. at this time. No. The robots just, have quit. They're just like, guess what? I'm I'm doing me. I, I've decided that I have to put myself first and I can't help you this morning. And you're like, okay. All right. How are you, though? <laughs> She's humming, guys. That means... Guys, that's a real way to just handle it, isn't it? <laughs> vocal stimming. It is vocal stimming, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. Things have been, you know... It's Giving Tuesday... It's giving Tuesday. That's why I laughed because it sounded yeah. you're like it's giving Tuesday and it it's is. giving Tuesday. 
I mean, it is Giving Tuesday. It's Mage Giving Tuesday. It's Giving Tuesday. Um, and I oh saw God. that you're raising money for City Harvest. Oh, is that correct? This dog, this dog barking at me from across the way, this little fucking yapper. The fu- <laughs> I'm like literally staring at him. He's in my old apartment and he's just yapping away. And his and his mom is just sitting there, just not doing a goddamn thing. <laughs> Wait, have but you God been- forbid I jump on a fucking trampoline, you know what I mean? Because the yeah. neighbors below will freak the fuck out. Anyway, um, yeah, City Harvest. I posted for City Harvest because I love City Harvest. Yeah. I sent out, if you are on the mailing list or you have ever been on the mailing list for ACLU, you might have gotten an email from me this morning. Maybe you were like, oh, Busy Phillips is sending me an email. And you know what? <laughs> I did. I did via them. Yes. Um, a lot's happened, I guess, in the last few weeks. Has it been a week? What the fuck is happening? It's what time is it? What day is it? I don't understand. I mean, it's Giving Tuesday, but it's what Giving day is- Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, I want to say something kind of adorable that made me LOL. A friend from like my hometown mm-hmm. got the ACLU email from you mm-hmm. and messaged me on Facebook saying they would forward it to me, and I was like, it was, wait, and I was give- like. Wait, to, to what? To forward the email from you to me. Like they knew that we were friends, I guess, and that we worked together. And so they wanted to forward me the ACLU email. And I was like, I, I got it myself. But also, <laughs> I mean, it was it was cute. It was giving uh, when your mom clips out like a, a magazine article to mail. Speaking to you of which, I brought this up on my Instagram stories, but. I do just want to get into it a little bit because it's so fucking funny and I love it. And I'll have to like just really do like a deep dive on it. But um, when I was home for Thanksgiving in Arizona. Yes. Home as in childhood home, although not my childhood home because where my parents live. I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but where my parents live um, is what it used, what it was when I was growing up, where my parents live was just the desert. Yeah. And there was like half a road paved <laughs> and it ended. Yeah. And then that's where people would have what, like, I guess on the East Coast, I think they call them like boondockers, right? Parties. Like they're parties like in the woods or parties yeah, I mean, like- listen, everyone in where I grew up, they, we never call them boondockers, but we had a lot of parties people had, not me, I'd never went to one of these in my life, so I'm not going to try to act like I did. In quarries and reservoirs. I love that. Where, yeah. I love it. Yeah. But I, we went, we did it in the desert because that's yeah. where we lived. So like literally like where my parents live is where they used to throw like huge kegger parties, <laughs> which I never really went to too many of them because you know I was a raver, but um, yeah. but I did, there is a story in my book about my like horrible high school boyfriend who got me pregnant and I had to have the abortion um, about how he was like not kind to me. And there's, is it snowing? Oh my God, it's snowing. Oh my God, it's snow. It's snow. Oh my God. That's little tiny snows. That's little baby snows. That's exciting. 
Oh my God. I was going to say so fucking freezing here today. Snow. (laughs) So exciting. I'm texting people. Snow. (laughs) (laughs) Why do we all, we all turn into like just babies. Anyway, there's a story about this guy, that guy with his like jerk best friend or whatever. Uh, and they like made me get out of the car. It was freezing so that they could do drugs. Oh, is this in my book? I think it is. <gasps> oh, God. it's a true story. I mean, it's what ha- yeah. it happened. And I was already like in the back seat of like a one of those cars that like a two door car. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, I already was like crunched in the back seat, and they like drove out to the end of the road, future home of the freeway (laughs) literally like six seven minutes from my parents house now you know the exact road the exact fucking road and he made me get out of he was like we're gonna we're gonna get high and I was like I that's insane and I'd had the abortion and I was just like had already you know like but it was still trying to like hang on to this like drug addict boyfriend for whatever reason right Oh, for a lot of reasons, guys, actually. We could go into them, but we don't need to. Um, yeah. And uh, and he was like, so get out. Because, you know, because I was like, I don't, that's, I don't, what, I don't, what are we doing out here? I don't want to, they wanted to get high. So they like made me get out and stand in the freezing cold desert, like behind their car while they oh, got high. God. And um, if that's not a fucking indie movie scene from an indie movie. I don't know what it is. But what is fucking crazy is that I drive on that road literally all the time when I, because my parents live out past where that was. Yeah. Their community sprung up. Yeah. I mean, also it was a fucking long time ago, I guess. Anyway, it's always a trip, like, to go home. But the point being... I decided to dig around in one of the closets in my parents' house. And I found all of these scrapbooks that I didn't know my mom was keeping of all of like press and stuff from different things that I've done since Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. And it's so sweet. Like she's, you know, obviously so proud of me. And like, it's so nice too, because who... I mean, especially stuff way back then, like, I wouldn't even begin to know how to collect microfiche. I don't know right. where the, those articles, like, all those things, like, she kept everything. And it's so, so sweet. And um, and then I was laughing really hard because the white chicks folder was just clipped out um, reviews that are so horrendous. And so mean about the movie White Chicks. Yeah. About how you should avoid it at all costs. And she still, <laughs> still clipped them and put them in, just pasted them right in. Um, but it made me laugh. But that's, you know, Barb Phillips turns 80 on Saturday. Ah, uh, happy birthday, Mrs. Phillips. I'm glad she saved those reviews. I'm glad. I mean, you know I'm I mean, gla- it's so cool. It's all so cool. Like all yeah. of it, like the the white chicks ones were literally making me lol. Like I have to bring some the folders back so I can like do some interpretive readings of them. But like, no, it's all 
incredible. And like, I never would have done any of that for myself. And like, you would have just wanted to, you know, you probably wouldn't even have looked at it maybe. No, I mean, even like Michelle and I talk sometimes because she's like, you have everything. I have nothing. She's like, you took pictures. Yeah. She's like, I never even took pictures. And it's true. Like I do have a lot of stuff for her too. Like that I, I've kept over the years just because I know her. Like even like the first time we went to the Oscars, like I kept the tickets and stuff. Yeah. She doesn't fucking have those tickets, but I have them, you know? Yeah. I love that. For her at some point. That's so good. Maybe I'll make her a scrapbook. You should. Inspired by Barb Phillips. You should. You had her Golden Globe for so long that time. I still have it. (laughs) (laughs) It's in the other room. This, yeah. Yeah. She's just not, she's, she, uh, she sees everything like that as like ephemeral maybe. And yeah. I think some of them, I mean, I think, yeah, I think, yeah, I think she, I think she knows that it's safe with me. Yeah. <laughs> I think for it's, a while that she was sort of like moving around a lot and like just trying to keep track of being a single parent. Right. Of her child and being then that was like the number one priority and then work. Right. And so like stuff like that, she was just like shrug emoji. So I think she knew that I would, because I'm like Barbara Phillips, like I would keep it. Well, and I was going to say, Michelle- it's, it's interesting that like your mom did it for you when you didn't necessarily do it for yourself and you did it for Michelle. So I think it's one of those things that you're more likely to do for someone else. Like I watched the uh, the Wham documentary and like oh, that so was great. That was I possible through the power of a mom collecting everything over the years, you know? Moms are the best. <laughs> uh, unless they're the worst. Um, in which case, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah. Uh, I had like, I was like, I had like one, I like, I like regressed and was mean to my mom in one in one moment and I feel bad about it. Oh no, what happened? Can you, do you want to say or you don't want to say? Well, my mom's not been feeling well and she like had her knee surgery and then like the knee surgery, I don't know, something's like all off. So she hasn't been feeling well. And you know, when you're in pain, like you're just like not quite yourself. Yeah. You know that? Yeah. So I was trying to be really like, I was trying to be really like, um, aware of that and like so really good, like compassionate but also like my dad had to have <laughs> you guys that's, this is it right this is life my dad had to have this like cancer thing taken off of his neck like two days before Thanksgiving so like he right. couldn't also like I didn't want him like lifting things or doing too much or whatever yeah and I actually really like cleaning kitchens you know I hate floors but I'm good at <laughs> kitchens yeah. Like, I'm good at dishes and, like, countertops, but, like, floors, fucking forget it. I can't do it. Yeah. Anyway. And so I really, like, was just, like, let me do this stuff. Like, let me do as much as I can. I was, like, we don't even need to. We can just order everything in for Thanksgiving. We don't need to do Thanksgiving. Like, what even is it? Like, ah. Uh, but they really like the tradition. And honestly... Of all the pickiest eaters in the world, Cricket Silverstein weirdly loves turkey. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but anyway, so I was like doing all this stuff and like my mom was like giving me really specific directions, like real specific directions for everything. Yeah. Which 
is a thing that moms do. Mm -hmm. And when I snapped, but also like I was having like kind of a hard time, like just being in Arizona and I don't know, thinking about Kate and like, it just was a lot, you know, and like Birdie and Birdie wasn't there with us, you know? Right. Yeah. Everything's different. And she was really, she's been really sick. Guys, I think she had COVID, but they don't test them in Sweden. So fucking weird. Mm. Yeah. We like insisted that they take her to the doctor today. And then uh, it's a long story, but whatever. But she was really sick and wasn't there. And I, I don't know. I was just having a hard time, you know, and like after after dinner or whatever, I like went out into the front yard or the whatever. Not the front yard, the street, yeah. <laughs> their little community. And I was weirdly thinking about that story with that guy. I was just thinking about like all, I don't know, just fucking life, man. Just getting older and your parents getting older and all these things. And I was just a little emo, you know? I was just being a little emo. And I went back inside and everybody was kind of like sitting around, was going to watch something, maybe theater camp because we watched that. Oh, yeah. And there were there was like nowhere to sit because everybody was sitting around in the living room. But my mom has this like rocking chair that she's had since I my sister was a baby, you know? Yeah. And it was kind of like tucked back. And my mom was like, and I went to go pull it out so I could sit in it, so I could sit with everybody. And my mom's like, so busy, you just want to like, you can just pull that rocking chair right out to over to where we're all sitting and then you can just sit down into it. And I was <laughs> like, mom. And I didn't like... I like the response that we just had is what I should have had. Yeah. But I was like, oh, really? Do you think that's how I should fucking do it, mom? <laughs> like, I was so mean. I was just like, wait, tell me again. How do I pull a chair out and sit? Like, I was just so, like, I just snapped at her and it was not kind. You know, Aww. I felt like an asshole. Yeah, that's hard. It's hard. I mean, listen. Thanksgiving is famous for that, right? Like we had a little, we had a little tiff in my family that wasn't little. We also, this, I was texting with someone and they're like, yeah, that's why there's all these movies literally about (laughs) this. Because that's what people do on that they like have all their own shit and then they go home and then they're triggered and then it just fucking blows up. So much pressure on this like one (sighs) gathering and... Yeah, it's, you know, and, and, and as my son, like, rightly pointed out to me, people our age, and then so certainly doubly so for our parents, if our parents are still here, are bringing all kinds of other stuff to it, you know, like, just years and years of stuff that, like, no one can know when it's gonna, like, rear its head or whatever, so anyway... Well, I hope that you said sorry to your mom or this is the and that everything's okay and she was okay. Oh yeah, I think so. Okay. Her birthday is on Saturday and I don't know if she thinks I'm going to surprise her by flying home but I'm really not like at all because <laughs> I'm perform because I'm singing with Dinosaur I'm singing a song with Dinosaur Jr. Yes, on our Saturday friend Lou in the in New York City, Dinosaur Jr. legendary. Dinosaur, G- what, Lou Barlow. 
Lou Barlow, the legendary Lou Barlow, um, who's the best. Are you excited to do that? I am. But I feel a little bit overwhelmed. Like, by everything. Yeah. And then I... And then I also was like, oh, wait, should I have flown home for her birthday? But like, it seems like I just was there. And then, and then I'm, we're going to be there for Christmas. And then, can you hear the radiator? Yeah, I can hear it a little bit, but I'm sure but, people did you at see home the, cannot. Oh, okay. Did you see the, that meme of like Timmy, Timmy T. Chalamet from SNL when he goes like, clang, clang, clang. Yeah. <laughs> And it's like your radiator at 3 a.m. Yes, yes. I wouldn't have gotten that before I lived in New York. And but now, now I get it. I thought it was I thought it was a lull, that <laughs> meme. I remember when you first moved to New York and then Raymond was also living in New York and he was complaining about how hot his apartment was. And you were like, just turn down the heat. And I was like, busy in New York City, you only have control of your heat if you're incredibly wealthy. <laughs> Well, uh, sure. I mean, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know. It's just so fun. And, and I mean, even incredibly wealthy people, I think Rosie told this story on the show. I mean, Rosie O'Donnell, incredibly wealthy. One time she told us this story about how it was so hot in her apartment <laughs> and her son couldn't reach his doorknob. And so she just found him asleep, breathing in the cool air from under the crack of his bedroom door. <laughs> And she felt horrible. And I was like, I mean, that's that's on New York City, not you. No, that is on New York City. Is that a zit right here or is there like something on me? I feel oh, no. weird. Like it feels like a, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. Maybe it's just a zit. Um, well, it sounds like overall, though, it was an okay visit home. Okay. Ish as as good yeah, as could but be like expected. it was just kind of it was just like a lot. It was just a lot of traveling because we were in Palm Springs. You guys know. Right. Then we were. Then I was in LA for like essentially three nights. Yeah, and then I was in Arizona for three nights. Yeah. So it was like I was three nights in multiple cities, and it just yeah. felt like I just I just I'm like, what am I doing? I'm exhausted. Oh my you gosh! Know? And then, it felt tiring. Yeah. And then on top of that, the memories of drug-using boyfriends. I Have I ever told you I dated someone that— Oh, I, I know. I dated someone that I suspected was selling drugs to my dad mm-hmm. to see if my dad would in any way react to it. <laughs> and remember what—and? And what? Did he? Not re- He was like, oh, um, be careful— and I just was like, okay, all right. Um, but I got to say, like, it's weird and controversial. That guy, in a weird way, was a nice guy. Hmm. You no, know? That doesn't surprise me. Listen, he, people do what they got to do. I guess, yeah. And, like, to be fair, I think his dad was also selling drugs. So I think, like, he, he literally— business. You all right. I learned it by watching you, you know? Um, Also, there's a difference between... Whatever. What am I even saying? I was about to be like, there's a difference between dating a drug dealer and a kid (laughs) who's doing meth. 
<laughs> there probably is. Yeah, yeah. But at the time, it felt very scandalous. And listen, like, I don't want to romanticize it. He also did bad things like hid drugs in my locker when they were searching the school because he knew they're never going to look in my locker. But whenever I found out, I did have a heart attack. Uh, but yeah, so anyway. But he weirdly was like a pretty nice guy. You know what? I'm going to revise my statement. I didn't know what was nice then. So maybe I thought that all of this wasn't that bad and it was really incredibly fucked up. Maybe I'm doing that thing where I'm telling an incredibly fucked up story. Like it's charming and quaint and And everyone gets quiet. Yeah. And they're like, guys, are you getting quiet right now? (laughs) (laughs) As, as Casey and I recount our drug addicted slash selling boyfriends from high school. This is also true. I wanted to go to a school dance when I was dating that guy because like, whatever. I wanted to go to the dance because I was that kind of girl. And he was like, no, I would never go to a school. Like, that's just inviting insanity. But he did buy me a dress. totally condoned me going with some other guy and then loaned us his cool car to go because yeah, he, that's, this is one of those stories cases. <laughs> he wanted me to have a nice time. So in that way, I guess he wasn't like the world's worst guy, but the situation was fucked up, but the dress was very fancy. As fancy as the one I posted that I found the picture of me in. From it almost was as fancy. Oh my God. I loved that picture of you in that iridescent it's dress. So this dress insane. was also iridescent. When you're, to, well, that was like a vibe. Yeah. Of the time. Yeah. I like, actually, when I'm back for Christmas, I am going to look. I think that my mom kept that dress because it was like such a seminal moment in my life. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Just this dress that you wanted because your friends were all in pageants. Yeah. Well, my friends were all in pageants. I wanted to be in pageants. Thank God my mother was like, Elizabeth, that's a scam. <laughs> They're just you, you just pay the money. It's not even real. You want a crown? I'll buy you a crown. You want a dress? I'll buy you a dress. So I was like, yeah, I want a fucking dress. I didn't say fucking, guys. I was in fourth grade. Um, <laughs> she was right. I mean, she I was think, right. I think By the, the way, Barb was right. I, yeah. When was Barb not right? Barb's been right about most things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even She's how to pull out lady. a fucking chair and sit in it. <laughs> She wasn't wrong. She didn't give you wrong information. To be clear, she was correct. That is how you pull. (sighs) I also think sometimes there just comes a point in defense of Barb, like telling you how to pull out a chair and sit down in it. There is a time, one time, Matt, we were going somewhere in the car and Matt, I asked him where it was and uh, he told me he didn't know, but that I could look it up on my phone. And he said it with all sincerity and not like a trace of sarcasm mm. or whatever. And I kind of was the same, like, oh, can I? Can I get out my phone and look it up? But I just don't know. But I, I'm, I'm saying like, I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen to good people before where they explain good people something. Have, yeah. <laughs> Very, sometimes, sometimes we all... We all have a moment where we explain the obvious. Yeah. 
It'll to happen someone. to you too. It'll happen to you too, Busy. Oh, I'm sure it's already happened. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm, sure I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure. Is it probably still Mark snowing? and I are getting divorced? No. What? And it was barely snowing. It was like it was like four snowflakes. It was like four like, flakes. Went past my window. Um, I also had a really funny, a really funny day with Bob, little Bob. Ah, uh, your nephew Bob and Chrissy. My I saw. Bob. He's so cute. Really cute. Yeah, he was really cute. He's very sweet. He's a sweet kid. I feel like yeah. he should just come to New York by himself and visit me. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do think that. I think it would be really fun. Maybe he will. After we watched theater camp, he was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm ready for sleepaway camp. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, Bob, I don't know. <laughs> Sir, I do not know. <laughs> um, and I bought him little shoes. They were oh. little. He's not little anymore. He's like no. a regular sized guy. No, he's a huge sized guy. Really? He's, he's, he's a bigger than big sized guy. So people Aww. like he's like the size of like a. I mean, he looks in his face like kind of appropriately like a, nine years old. Eight. Yeah. Sorry, he's eight. Yeah, <laughs> he's not even nine. He looks appropriately eight years old in his face. He just turned eight. But his he is. Very tall and very big. And yeah. his shoes. <laughs> he had to get man shoes. No, he was wearing, it was a women's size eight. Aw, Bob, I feel you. With the reason why they were women's was because I was getting like all birds. I was just checking to see if we had any shoe brands um, <laughs> we do advertising not. today because I wouldn't mention the brand. But since we don't, I'll mention it. <laughs> Um, they were all birds, you know, those like recycled shoes. Yes. You know what I'm talking about? And, uh, and I wanted to get him because he is only eight years old. I wanted to get him like the slip on ones. Oh yeah, of course. But their kid sizes stop at three and then the men's like you can't, and whatever, it doesn't matter. So we had to go to the women's. They're kind of unisex anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they're, I mean, whatever. Um, even if you wanted to wear women's shoes, guys, that's not a big deal. I'm just explaining to you why. I, anyway, women's size eight. That's I was wild. lolling. I was like, you know, when I was eight, I was five foot one. What? I'm only five inches taller now than I was in third grade. Some kids really sprout up and then stop. <laughs> I was giant. Everyone always thought I was a student teacher when I was in elementary school. I think that that's also, it's like, it's it's hard to be a big kid when it's like those years because people think that you're not as mature as you should be or right. like, you know what I mean? And like they, they treat you like a grown-up. Like I was always, yes, yes. people were always trying to kick me off playgrounds and kick me out of my middle school hallway when I was there thinking that I was in high school. It was so weird. But when I first started dating Matt, I ran through all of my laundry and I put on some like real throwback pants. And he was like, those are cute pants. When did you get them? And I was like, when I was eight. <laughs> well, you know, I have those shorts that I still wear from the gap shorts. from middle school. Uh-huh. Yeah. I yeah. love them. But it's hard. I hope that I hope that Bob always has a desk that fits him. I had to sit in the back of the room in like one of those chairs with like just the paddle on the front of it for the desk when everybody else still had their little box desks. You know, it was, it was weird. I always had to stand with the teacher in the class photo. I was always in the back row. It's the back row. I know that back row. I know it. I know it well. 
so you don't look oh, wow. weird. I don't know. I don't know. know. It will. <laughs> but maybe Eli was the same too. Eli was not quite as like startlingly adult sized as I was, but I do remember having to buy him a swimsuit for like a class field trip, I think for the third grade. And we went to Marshall's to get a swimsuit and he picked out a swimsuit that he really liked, but then he saw the tag that said men's and he was like, do I wear a men's size? And I was oh my like, God. Wait, yeah. can I ask you a question? Yeah. What was your Thanksgiving blow up? Oh, it was just about like division of labor uh-huh, and uh-huh. like sure, sure. I had given a list of things that I wanted done around the house mm-hmm. and I was trying to be clear and uh, it was about miscommunications when people were coming to help and what they were going to help with. And did you explain how to pull a chair out? <laughs> I didn't, but did you, you need know. to? Did you need to? In a way, a little. I mean, listen, like you think there are things that go without saying, and then sometimes uh, you look at people and the thing you didn't say, and you're like, I thought that I was fairly clear in saying what I needed. Yeah. But then a million things come into it, like the person being like, well, I don't think we really need that. So it's it's a lot. It's it's. I will say that my family does not get into it often, but when we do— it's usually about, like, <laughs> I tried to be specific with you about what I needed, and you disregarded that and did what you wanted, you know? And then I don't, somebody yeah. is like, I wasn't disrespecting you. I was simply doing this my way, and if you wanted it done a certain way, you should do it yourself. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, that sounds like a, a great way for me to do everything myself, which isn't true, but that's what it feels like, you know? You know. I do know. Families are complicated. They are complicated. Okay. I got my color guru report. You did? Yes. My color radiance report from color guru. It was so easy. You just like send a bunch of pictures, take a little quiz, love a quiz. What did you think of your color report? And then I got this little like color card for my phone that has my 35 best shades and makeup color recommendations. And I am like spring. (laughs) I'm a sunlit spring, baby. Sunlit spring. And by the way, I probably could have called that because (laughs) we love the sun. I love the sunlight. But it's interesting because the one thing that it said is like that black is not great on me. It's too as much. As a neutral. Yeah. And that my best neutrals are like camel, which I do love camel. Yes. And ivory and army green. I love all those colors. Oh, I love it. I loved my colors. And I also got like a nice little set of cards in the mail so that I can take them with me whenever I go shopping for makeup or clothes and yes. pick my best colors and make sure that it's in my palette. I also think this is like a fun gift for someone in your family, maybe an aunt or a mom or a sister, sister. friend. They literally give you like all of these colors, you know, like that you, that are like the ones that look best on you. And then they show you the charts and like, it's kind of, it's really cool. Like I'm very fascinating fascinated and really neat. And you clearly see how much better you look with 
different colors. It's yeah, so how much wild. more alive, how much yes. healthier your healthier. eyes are sparkly. I know. It's so weird. And it's the same picture. You guys, I'm telling you, it's wild. It's wild. Yeah. And what really was exciting to me is like, I'm always trying to amp up my style a little bit. And I think like a lot of people in my life are too. Once I got the color palette, I'm able to like shop my closet and decide, oh, I should be wearing this more and this less, you know? And Mm -hmm. and so it really helped me go through what I already had and pick out things that I'm going to take for a spin. Well, listen, you guys at home, you can get 10% off any color analysis package with code BEST at colorguru.com. That's colorguru.com with code BEST and you get 10% off any color analysis package. And again, you could use that 10% off for a, for a little gift for someone or a gift for yourself. Give yourself the gift. The gift of color. Chomps, chomps, a chomps. <laughs> Lucky chomps. Oh my gosh. I'm so good. So lucky to have chomps. Listen, guys, do yourself a favor. Get yourself some chomps because tis the season that you're going to be running around. You're going to be running errands. You're going to be doing things. You're going to be hanging wreaths. You're going to be Christmas shopping, Hanukkah (laughs) shopping. You're going to be making food. You're going to be at the grocery store, at the big box store, whatever. And you're going to be like, I, oh, wow, I haven't eaten since whatever. And you're going to find yourself starving. And you know what you do when you're starving? You make bad decisions. Make <laughs> bad decisions when you're starving. You and make you poor know choices. What, you make poor choices. And you know what helps you make good choices? High protein snacks that are low in sugar, that um, are delicious, that are made with the best real ingredients. Um, that's why I'm recommending... The Chomps Meat Sticks. Okay. It has you know what's happened to me twice what? already this holiday what? season? What? Gone to a holiday mixer that uh-huh. was that I thought was going to have snacks, drinks only. No, can't. Can't do it. Guys, in your purse, you're going to have at least two Chomps at all times. <laughs> okay. One for you, one, one for, for you, friend. One for a friend or two for you and fuck your friend. <laughs> Each delicious Chomps Meat Stick has protein that your body needs over nine grams per stick, no unhealthy additives, zero sugar. They're low carb, keto friendly, allergy friendly, don't contain fillers. They are simply made with natural ingredients that you can feel good about, but also they taste delicious. They source from farmers who raise animals humanely and farm responsibly. So we're looking out for the environment too. And chomp sticks come in nine flavors. There's something for everyone. I recommend the variety pack, truly because then you get to taste them all and you can decide which one's your favorite. Right. And they're great on their own in your purse. Or you can pair them with anything like fruit or some hummus or crackers <laughs> for even more snacking fun. Guys, people love chomps. Christine ate all of my chomps when she was <laughs> here. I had to re- restock. And right now, that's real friendship. And right now, chomps is offering you, our listeners, 20% off your first order and free shipping when you go to chomps.com slash best. Go to chomps.com slash best to see all the delicious flavors and get 20% off your first order and free shipping. That's C-H-O-M-P-S dot com slash best. Don't forget to use our link so that we get credit. 
I I look insane because I have a nosebleed. You, I was a- just you're giving classic nosebleed look, Roxanne. <laughs> it's the most fashionable thing. <laughs> Well, what we can see of you, nice to see you. It's nice to see you too. I'm Casey, by the way. We've never met. We haven't, but we've corresponded. Yes. And uh, Busy, have you guys ever met? I don't believe we've ever met. Mm -mm. Oh, my God. But I'm a huge fan. Thank you. Likewise. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Do you need a few minutes? Do you want to? I think it's done. I was being precautionary. I okay. have chronic nosebleeds. Every, every few years, I get my nose cauterized. Oh, I do. I got my I, similar. <laughs> you guys yeah. were like, oh, my God, you get your nose cauterized, too? I, I haven't had it done in a long time. And but It's been about seven or eight years, and I got really used to not having nosebleeds. And so I have to actually go in and get it cauterized again. Oh, oh my gosh. I know. It's fucking gross. But when, well, it's fine. Maybe this short story will make you feel better or worse. <laughs> One Give time when me. I worked at 30 Rockefeller Plaza, mm. I came in from the cold of New York City. And you know how your nose just freezes solid in New York City. Mm-hmm. And then it thaws when you go indoors. And like sometimes it drips a little bit. And so I was on the elevator in 30 Rockefeller Plaza and my nose had begun to thaw and it was dripping a little bit, but I didn't have a tissue. So I was just like, it's clear. I'm sure whatever. I just have to let it drip for a minute until I get to my desk. And then the elevator door opened. Matt Lauer mm. was waiting to get on the elevator and he screamed, mm. oh my God, are you okay? And before I could do anything, he had like taken out a handkerchief and he was like holding it over my nose and like tipping my head back. And uh, I just had a disgusting nosebleed and was completely vulnerable in front of Matt Lauer. And then wow. he like walked me to my desk in front of everyone. It was so embarrassing. It was so Matt embarrassing. Lauer doing something right. Amazing. I mean, what a shock. <laughs> Truly. I mean, I would even argue <laughs> that he did too much. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, you don't have to make such a huge deal. You could have just handed me through overcompensation. Yeah. yeah, it sounds yeah. like he was performing being Matt Lauer. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Exactly. Anyway, but that's that's what happened. And then uh I don't know what happened to the handkerchief. I'm, I bet I bet I threw it away in shame. Anyway, <laughs> nosebleeds are gross. Nosebleeds are a part of life, guys. Let's just be real. <laughs> they are. They are. Um, well, we're so thrilled that you're here to join us to talk about opinions. Thank you. We have I'm lots of them. <laughs> um, well, guys, we are so lucky to be joined by Roxanne Gay, author, social activist. I mean, there's like we can give you all kinds of things. All the Names. titles. Go on. All the titles. Free. All the titles. You're like, feel. Lady, feel free. Feel <laughs> free. Um, and honestly, cultural icon and a hero to many, including myself. Not that bad. It was a book that really was transformative for me to read. And um, and you have a new book called Opinions, which are, which are, turns out, opinions. Yes. <laughs> And ubiquitous everywhere. So many. So many opinions. So, so, so many. Um, how did you decide that this is uh this is what what you wanted this this book to be, this this new book of yours? Well, you know, I've been working on a book of writing advice for a while now, and the words just haven't been coming. So it's not even that it's taking me a long time to write. I just can't figure out how to get the writing going. 
And my parents, who are Haitian immigrants and therefore have a certain idea about what work ethic is, every day they'll be like, you know, it's been five years since you last published a book. And I'm like, mm, yeah, I'm pretty fucking aware. Thank you. And so I kept thinking. We were just talking about parents oh, giving just, us the most obvious yes, I'm like, pieces of information. telling me what I already mm-hmm. know. And they would just. You know, it was loving, but also really stressful. And so I thought, well, why haven't I finished this book? And I looked and I realized I had put together this really massive body of work of opinion writing and shorter essays. And so I saw that opinion was really the unifying principle of all these essays I've written over the past 10 years. And then I thought, you know what, this is a collection and I'm going to put this book together. Well. Sometimes it happens like that. Yeah, like, it does. It just shows up because your parents say the most obvious thing to you. Absolutely. Like <laughs> the most stressful, unnecessary yes. observation possible. I, yes, I know how many weeks, years, days it's been since I last published a book. Thank you. <laughs> like a telltale heart beating mm-hmm. underneath the floorboards of my home. Like, this is not helping. This is not helping, but thank you. Oh my gosh. I love that you wrote a book that was based on opinions because I like I like hearing people's opinions. I feel like sometimes I'm so scared to give my opinion and I am so apt to like qualify it by a million things on like the most benign thing. Like I posted mm. about the Muppet Christmas Carol the other day and how <laughs> I'm so happy that there's a version that you can like see with the song that got cut out of it and someone like ripped me a new one about the cut out song being bad i mean why (laughs) why like let's pick our battles people let's just pick better battles like not all of these things are um fights or things that are necessary people have lost the ability to pick their battles a little bit i think they have you know i think i think about this a lot and i've thought about it quite a, a lot more since um since elon musk bought twitter Mm. And it became like even more of a cesspool than it already was. And the way that people act on there, it's just amazing. Like there's nothing you can say or do that people are not going to take issue with, which is incredibly stressful and interesting. I'm always just like, why do you care this much about something you're never going to think about again once you log off? What is happening? Right. What What do you think is happening? I'm curious. Well, you know, I think that a lot of people feel powerless in their lives and are powerless in their lives in many ways. Um, you know, we deal with a lot of socioeconomic forces that we have no control over and that tend to have a lot of control over us. And so when we go online, we have a little bit of power, a little mm-hmm. bit of control, and we can sort of say and do what we want and seemingly without consequence. And I think people really give in to their basest instincts in that environment when they're feeling so out of control in their day-to-day lives, which is a shame. It's like, I think we can all do better, but I'm not sure that everyone is ready. Yeah, I don't know if everyone is ready or if like we need to make, um, you know, like rage rooms more accessible to mm-hmm. people that they can like go into a padded room and beat some shit up and scream a bunch of awful things and get their rage out because it feels like 
I don't know. It feels like the outlet has become social media and pointing it at other people when really it's like always just about you, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Always, always. Yeah, it's interesting to me. I don't know. I don't know if venting ever makes me feel better. I need to pay better attention to that. Sometimes I think... Sometimes I think it makes me more into like being mad when I'm venting. Like I start to enjoy it in a weird way. So I mm-hmm. guess maybe I don't know. I don't know. But I I sort of feel like I wonder if people would be willing to give up. Like I wonder if people would be willing to exchange that little bit of power that you were just talking about for like the promise of like better mental health or whatever. I feel like people wouldn't. People would be like this is the power that I have and I'm holding on to it. I don't know that many people would be willing to give up that power, you know, and I am all for venting. I think venting is incredibly healthy and it, you know, as long as it's done in the right time and place. Right. And I wish that more people understood like where the right time and place actually were (laughs) because right now I don't think they do. I think people are all over the place and just sort of like, I'm upset. I'm going to air that right here, right now. And I don't care about who's affected by the fact that I need to unburden myself of these woes. It's a, it's a, like, it's a vicious cycle. Yeah. It's really interesting. Busy. I think you're so much healthier about venting than I am. Like you, you just are like, I, it, it takes me to like a weird place. And I also just feel like the whole main character of the internet phenomenon is so interesting. It's so interesting to see how people handle that. I've been following, I was trying to bring it up to you earlier, Busy, but I didn't have the right words about, there's something with like a, a toddler and a dog that's happening online oh right now. What? And it's been you guys going, what? It's been going on for days. What? Like, I don't know anything about this. Oh, Some, it's been going on. It's so it, sad, actually. It's really fucking sad. It's it's sad. A person, I guess, had a dog that was like a service dog, but it wasn't wearing a vest. Or And I'm adding all kinds of context that wasn't in the original tweet. And they tweeted about their experience with like a toddler running up to the dog and they blocked the dog from the toddler and said, maybe don't run up to dogs that you don't know. Uh-huh. And then by that time, like the mom of the toddler has had noticed and said, she's three. And then that person uh-huh. said, I don't know, maybe she should be on a leash or something like to yeah. that effect. Oh, or And oh, so this debate has been raging on for days. People are like, we're kind to children. And people are like, but you should also be kind to dogs. And also like, it's not my job to watch your child. And I've read every opinion on it. And I'm kind of left feeling like, it just kind of seems like one of those things that happens. People have lost their minds, okay? <laughs> In what world do children not run up to dogs? I'm sorry. Right. I'm not a dog person. I do have right. a dog, and I'm a Max person because he's wonderful. <laughs> but, like, the reality is how, I mean, you can train your human fucking child all you want. But when yeah. a little three-year-old is excited and sees something, they run to it. And that's why they have parents to sort of 
corral some of that energy. And sometimes they get out of the corral. It's totally fine. And I'm sorry, but I don't believe this was a service dog. I mean, you don't have to actually, when you have a service dog, you don't have to, they don't have to wear the vest. It's nobody's business. I'm all for it. I think service dogs belong everywhere. But like, if you are walking with your dog and their dog is not wearing a vest, a three-year-old is just not going to be able to read the cues. I'm sorry. And when did we stop having kindness to children? Yes. Like, oh my God, what is wrong with people? And I've been watching people for two days have these completely mind-blowing, unhinged discussions about this. Like, children are not enemies. They are not little soldiers we're supposed to control. Now, I don't think children should be running amok, but like a child running up to a dog is one of the most normal things I can think of for a child to do if that child happens to be into dogs. I personally I was reading it and direction. I was like... I have news for you. Adults run up to dogs. Adults. Yeah, I was going to say that. I was going to yeah. say that. Especially in New York. We both we live in both New York and L.A. And when we're walking our dog in New York, I mean, we can't go like 10 steps without. So he is cute, but we cannot go 10 <laughs> steps without someone talking to him. Not us, but him. And my son was ju- my son was just bringing our dog in the other day. And my dogs are really reactive and really high strung. And my son the other day was coming in and he was like, you got to love the person that thinks if they get close enough, they're going to win this dog over. And he's like, it happens every time I take her out. Like somebody really wants to pet her, even though she's out of her mind. I'm actually just like, I'm just thinking about that. Like, this is where I feel like we really all have kind of like lost the plot. And I had such high hopes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> For the power. And like, even Roxanne, I have to say, like, even even people such as yourself, uh, you know, in the in the in the olden days of Twitter? What do we even call it? I don't know. <laughs> the, old the, days. the better the, days. <laughs> the better. Yeah. I mean, I guess. I mean, there was still nah, a little yeah, better, I don't know, but much better. Better. Yeah. It was better. It was better. Are you going to stay on it? No, I'm not. No, you're um, done. I am done. I, I, I don't am know too. like like what my end date is, but my wife yeah. asked me not to delete my Twitter account, and so I won't. Um, but like for archival reasons, yeah, for archival reasons, and also like you know when I have a book, like my assistant can go and put the good word out on it. Um, yes. I just don't want to contribute to a place that is allowing bigotry to reign so freely. You know, Elon Musk has been espousing these really bizarre anti-Semitic theories lately. Yes. And he's not saying anything about all of the white supremacists on the platform, the Islamophobes, the homophobes, the transphobes. You know, I just don't want to contribute my time or energy to a place where that's acceptable. I, I think that communities should have norms and standards and they should be enforced. And it's not to suppress, um, you know, alternative ideas, but I don't think that bigotry is an alternative idea. I think it's a toxic right. ideology and I don't want yes. to be a part of it. Like, right. I'm fine with pettiness, bitchiness, like disagreement. That's all fine. That's healthy. That's normal. But what's happening now is not healthy or normal. And I don't think we should normalize it. Right. I always think, too, that, like, users of Twitter or X now, like, we're the product. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? So whenever you're doing something that you put, like, effort into, whether it's a small amount of effort or, like, you know, I've put a considerable amount of time into, into using Twitter over the years. And so, like, I'm the I'm part of the product. Like I'm part of what's being sold to other people and they're being sold to me. And so I just don't even want to like 
I mean, granted, he's made a mess out of the business, and I don't imagine he's making a dime. But, like, if Twitter were ever to become financially viable again, I don't want to be part of, like, what's generating income for it to be such a mess. I don't know. It's a mess. It is. And what's so interesting is the sort of deliberateness with which he has destroyed what was not a perfect platform, but was a nice platform where you could learn about current events. You could talk about awards shows. You could gossip. Mm -hmm. You could hang out with your friends, share like what you had for breakfast, you know, the whole range of things. And now you can't even trust any of the information on there because there's no standards. And that's saying something for social media where there are so few standards to begin with, but like this place has like negative like standards. It's like, it's very unfortunate. Yeah. Well, you know what I just did right now this second? What? You deleted your account. I deleted the app off my phone. It was oh. still on my phone. I just deleted it. That's a good because first I just, step. I'm just done. I, I agree. I also, for work reasons, I don't, I don't even know if I can fully get rid of it at, at this point because mm-hmm. it is a thing still that I people ask you to use when promoting right. things. And so we'll see. Maybe that'll change. Maybe there needs to be. I've thought, like, you're brilliant, Roxanne Gay. I've thought there that. needs to well, I Well, I we do. do. We do. I'll we say it. Thank it. you. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like there's got to be, like, a group of women, and you would be one of them. Like, like I'm thinking, like, you, let's see. I don't know. We could come up with them. Miranda July, maybe, because she's just a very outside-the-box thinker, mm-hmm. like, in terms of technology and stuff. To create, like, a new, the new, a new, inclusive, also supportive, fun, not toxic social media that we could all join. I would pay. I would pay. I would pay <laughs> for it. I would pay for it. Or I would just, I would, I would look at ads or whatever. <laughs> but there has to be some new, there has to be something to take the place. I think there, there has to be. And I don't know what that thing is, who's going to come up with it, but I think we can do better and we have done better in the past. And I also think that platforms are not meant to last forever. I agree any with stretch you. Of the imagination. Things come and go. I remember 10 years ago, it was uh, Tumblr. Before yeah, that, mm-hmm. it was Live Journal, And for everyone, it was something else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it's okay that Twitter is, you know, waning and that we're going to move on to something else. But I am curious what that something else is. And I, I keep wondering what we can do to make that something else, you know, not paradise, but just better. A place where we can not, like, want to take a shower when we leave. Yeah. Right. I mean, to me, I think that women have to be in charge. Well, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do, all things. Really. Yeah, I do think that that's kind of where we're at. Like, I don't know. I can't see any version of like men. It just, it devolves so quickly. It does. And, you know, I'm not one of those feminists that believes that if women were in charge, everything would be better because we have seen women in charge and things right. have not magically gotten better. But I do think that we are slightly less inclined to abuse power when we hold it. 
and we are more willing to consider the collective in addition to the individual. Mm. And that to me is at least a good starting point for creating something better. And I, I just feel like let's give it a shot because men have had a good run and then a terrible run. We know mm. what they're capable of. We know what they can do. Like, congratulations. Thank you for running the world. Uh, but other people could probably step in now. Could jump and, in. Yeah. I wish we could just embrace that a little more. I love that you said that. I've been thinking so much about, well, it kind of goes back to what we were already talking about, uh, even even with the, the, the toddler and dog debate, the individualism. And I know that America was like, we were raised uh, to idealize rugged individualism. And I mm-hmm. really, I think like individualism is like raggedy, you know, like mm-hmm. it's, it just makes you, well, it makes you what it says. It makes you selfish and, and self-absorbed. And I think we need, we need leadership in all things that is willing to listen to the point of view mm. of women and actually consider it, right? Because I think there's been a fair amount of like installing women in positions of power, but then not actually giving them any power to mm-hmm. do it, to do anything and and not t- accepting their input. Like we we've seen it a million times in television. Like, you yeah. know, they they people want to to bring in a diversity of voices, whatever type of diversity they're trying to achieve. But then the onus is on that person, one person versus many trying to like make change. And the, the irony is that they always never have any power, you know, because they're new, they just got brought in. So to like bring in a new, a new right, voice. Or there's one. Yeah. And, yes. and say like, make this better. P.S. No one's going to listen to you and we're all going to undermine you at every step. And then we'll call you a failure uh, when you but haven't we tried. made it. Yeah, but, but we, we tried. tried. And then next time somebody says, hey, we should have a diversity of voices, be like, we tried that before. It was a huge failure. Absolutely. Be- I mean, people of color, uh, women, trans people, anyone who's marginalized in some way, when they're given access to power, they're often set up to fail. And it's infuriating. And that's why, you know, when we're offered these opportunities, we have to learn to ask better questions than just, you know, like, how much does it pay? What are the expectations? Like, you have to ask, what are you going to do to support my success in this position? What kinds of resources am I going to have available? What kinds of decision-making abilities will I have? Because unfortunately, exact, it's exactly like you said, These you, you get these positions or you get this access, but you can't actually make any change. You don't have any power or there are too many gatekeepers who you are beholden to. And, you know, that's why when we talk about inclusion, diversity, equity, we have to start having better conversations than just let's count numbers because the mm-hmm. numbers don't always tell the full story. Listen, it's the holidays and you're probably, maybe, maybe you're looking, I am, I'm always looking for nutritious and convenient meals to keep you going, to keep you energized. Well, I'm always focused on on one important meal that I'm planning and then I don't pay a bit of attention to any other meal that's happening the entire month and I'm Mm -hmm. just eating like a, like a goblin, like a toddler with a credit card. I was going to say like a goat. (laughs) 
Like you're just like a goat, like just eating whatever garbage you find lying around the house, right? It's not great. Yeah. It's not great. It's not great. Well, that's where Factor, America's number one ready to eat meal delivery service can help you fuel up fast for breakfast, lunch, or dinner with chef prepared, dietitian approved, ready to eat meals. And they're delivered. You guessed it, straight to your door. So you save time. You're not a goat rummaging <laughs> around for trash. And you can stay on track with like a healthy lifestyle and skip the extra trip to the grocery store and chopping and prepping and cleaning and all those things because you're still getting something delicious and nutritious and they're fresh and never frozen. Factors, meals are ready in just two minutes. All you have to do is heat them up and enjoy it. If you're like Casey and me too. If you're too busy and you're running around to figure out what you're going to eat for lunch until you're just like shoving trash in your face. (laughs) Factor has you covered with lunch to go. It's effortless, wholesome meals like green bowls and salad toppers that are ready to eat when you're on the go. No microwave required. All kinds of things to choose from. Breakfast items, apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and egg bites, potato bacon and egg breakfast skillet. Come on. Something for everyone. There's like 35 plus weekly flavor-packed fresh meals to support whatever lifestyle you're trying to live. Whatever lifestyle you're trying to live, guys. Whatever (laughs) lifestyle it is. They also have cold-pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. That's amazing. Guys, it's all good, and it's all factor, and it's time for you to hook yourself up. Take care of yourself. Take care of yourself first. Do you know what I mean? Take care of yourself first with factor. So head to factormeals.com slash busy50 and use code busy50 to get 50% off. That's code busy50 at factormeals.com slash busy50 to get 50% off. So you guys, we have a new advertiser on the pod, but to TBH, I've been such a huge fan of this clothing brand for Agreed. A, a long time now <laughs> because this, it is so soft. It is absurd and it makes the perfect gift. It's San Francisco-based brand Marine Layer. I love it so much. It's so cozy. It's yes. so cozy. Honestly, you can get all your holiday shopping done at Marine Layer because it's amazing gifts for everyone on your list. They have these really unbelievably cute sweaters and tees and like oversized shirts and beanies. I'm getting lots of absurdly soft stuff for my little cricket and also I think Bob and also Josie because you know when she gets out of the pool, she needs to like pull on super soft stuff. And I love, it's always like really bright colors, vintage inspired. I love this new the Winter Archive collection because it's like ski inspired with a lot of bright colors and color blocked puff, puffer vests and everything. I don't know. I just like truly, truly love Marine Layer. And I have loved them for so many years now. And I'm so happy that they're advertising on our podcast because we can give you a discount. And that's the best thing. They also have free shipping and returns for an entire year. Come on. Come on. So you don't have to worry about getting the wrong size for anyone on your list or the wrong color or anything. You just have to make sure that you order by December 18th to get it before Christmas. And I feel like we all know that great gifts can be hard to find. And I'm telling you, look no further than Marine Layer. 
just go check it out because you're going to find a million things that you want for yourself. And then you'll be like, okay, I can also do my gift shopping here. For a limited time, get 15% off at marinelayer.com slash best 15. That's marinelayer.com slash best 15 for 15% off your entire order. Marine Layer is saving your closet one shirt at a time, guys. Can I ask you a question about your book, Opinions? Yes. Have you gotten heat for any of the opinions in the book in the time that it's been out? Or if not, like what has been your most controversial opinion that people have really... It can be fun. It can be a fun opinion that people took way too seriously. Mm-hmm. But I'm curious. You know, not since the book came out, because, you know, these are previously published pieces. But, yeah. you know, when they were originally published, I mean, I got a lot of heat for um, daring to say that Dave Chappelle could do better and um, could be less transphobic. And, you know, you would really have thought that I was suggesting that he should never take to the stage again, which <laughs> is not at all what I do. Um, yeah. It was wild to see how people reacted. And many years ago, I wrote an essay about how much I hate the beach because I do. I do. I think the beach is a horrible place. It is not for me. And you really, again, you would have thought that I was suggesting that we should um, cut off the coasts and just stick to the middle land. As if that wouldn't just make more beaches. Right. Uh, You know, it's like the beach is not for me. Yeah. If it's for you, bravo. Listen, the beach is for me. The beach is for me, but it is not for my best friend, Emily Beebe. She feels the same as you. Mm -hmm. She hates it deeply. And we're, guess what? We're still best friends. Oh, see, look at that. Look at that cross-cultural engagement right there. (laughs) (laughs) Recently, I said that I didn't like festivals and people got really heated. Like music festivals? Like, I don't like any type of festival that charges like a cover charge and then you, but then you have to pay for everything within the festival. Like 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 a food festival. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like a food Mm -hmm. festival or like I recently went to like a magic festival and it cost like $15 to get in, but then it was just a bunch of people selling candles, which I also have opinions about. And so mm. I was just like, I I just paid $15 to try to get in here and to buy some candles. By the way, Casey, a little bit, I feel like that one's on you. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> People got so mad when I was like, fuck festivals. I don't do anything where you have to stand in line for a porta potty. Oh, that's that's not my ministry. Mm-hmm. I think porta potties, I mean, you know, in a pinch, whatever, sure. But I find them to be really disgusting. And I find at most festivals of any nature, there's a lot of like long lines for a disgusting little hovel where you have to like, hopefully like, you know, like you have to hover and you have to make sure your pants don't touch the floor. Oh God. It's like an airplane toilet on the ground. Yeah, Here's what I will, the only, the only benefit that a festival porta potty situation has ever done in my life Mm. is... That it forced me, Coachella, 12 years ago, to get a diva cup, like to get a menstrual oh, cup. Mm-hmm. Because I was getting my, I got my period. We were going, I was going to Coachella and I was like, there's no way in hell that mm-hmm. I'm dealing with tampons 
and a porta potty and all of the things that you just said. And I looked online and I was like, you know what? I'm going to try it. I'm just going to try it. And I've never gone back. It's changed mm-hmm. my life. Really? I've always, I, I never tried the deep. <gasps> I was always too afraid. And now I'm 49. And fortunately, I think I'm on the tail end of my menstrual years. Which oh, I that's what you think, Roxanne. I'm about. I'm so that's excited. What you, I'm here to tell you that's what you think. No. <laughs> But you're going to get some surprise. I get it every once in a while. And I'm like, this bitch is still here. (laughs) So (laughs) insulting. So insulting. It's just like, girl, you are not welcome. You are not invited. Stop. Mm -mm. My favorite tampons uh, were discontinued. And I ordered uh, a bunch of them off of eBay. Someone very shrewd was selling them on eBay. And so I got like six boxes of my favorite tampons and my period immediately stopped, which I was like, well, that it's the don't buy green bananas when you're, you know, a certain age or whatever. Like I brought on menopause by making this huge investment in uh, rare collectible tampons. <laughs> and <laughs> and I, uh, I gave them away to other fans of these tampons and then my period came back. And I have Mm. never been so livid in all my life. I hope it doesn't happen for you. I hope she's gone for good. I I hope she's gone for good, too. I mean, every time, like, I go, like, two or three months without her, I'm like, "Mm, yes, this is it. We're, you know, like, we're there. And then she shows the fuck up. And I just think, oh, my God. She's done with me. (laughs) It's so rude. It's rude. It's rude. Like, I am not using anything you have to offer. No. those days are over. I don't knock know. I, I, I mean, guys, wood. I hope that for both of you, if that's what you want right now. I love my diva cup. <laughs> <laughs> You'll still use it after menopause just to be... Can I tell you something? I just always hated tampons. It always mm. felt bad. I always could feel them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Once I made that change, I was like, oh, wait, this is incredible. I don't feel this. It just stays in all day. I'm fine. Yeah. And yeah. it really changed It really changed my relationship with my period. I feel like men invented tampons because, I mean, I like tampons. I'm a fan, personally. Yeah. But I, they, they, they can be quite painful. Yes, exactly. Yes. And that part, I'm just like that nobody has been able to soften the edges Look at every tampon commercial is like introducing a new tampon is like, this doesn't shred your insides. Like, Mm -hmm. that's like what they're (laughs) bragging about. And I'm like, can we? As usual, the bar is in hell. The The bar is in hell. The bar is in hell. It's just like, oh my God. (laughs) It is also wild too. Like, why hasn't the speculum, speculum, is that what it's called? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Speculum. Why hasn't that been improved? Why isn't there like, why haven't there been improvements in this, in gynecological care? Why is there no research about menopause still? People are now finally talking about it, I guess, but. Finally, but it's, well, we know why, because they think there's no money in it, even though women are like 51% of the world and pretty much anyone with a uterus, no matter what their gender is, needs menstrual products and better gynecological products. So why can't we do better? Yeah. And we decide where the money is spent, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. It's all up to our households. Yeah. I bet there's a I bet there's an essay or 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 a paper I would like to read the data because I'm sure it has something to do with women 
deciding how money is allocated or you know people with uteruses deciding how money is allocated and deciding that like they can do without comfort in the mm. end too you know like we have people deciding for us that we can do without comfort and then i think sometimes we decide that for ourselves as well and it makes it like not a very attractive business proposition mm-hmm. i'm not i'm mm-hmm. yeah i'm not a fan of that but okay that. boo boo no, like, i don't like it boo 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 we can do better we can, we can do better we can uh, do better. <laughs> someone just sent me a New York Times article about how poorly studied menopause is. Our friend Janie Haddad sent it to me, and mm-hmm. she said I have to read it immediately that she brought it to her doctor and was shaking and crying. <laughs> she was so upset by what she had read. Uh, and, you know, I talked on the podcast, Roxanne, about how I had always heard hot flashes, hot flashes, hot flashes. I thought that I was ill. Because I was mm-hmm. having the chills constantly, and I thought I was coming down with something. And then finally, like, read on Reddit, another cesspool. Oh, cold flashes are a thing for some people, too. Had never heard that. I've, in never, all I my, have never heard it either. That's new to me. Never heard it. Wow. And then once I said it, so many women were like, oh, yeah, I had the cold flashes and, and but it's also like flashes. For real, though, do you guys feel like because Oprah maybe went off the air daily before she was fully in menopause, that's why we don't know anything? <laughs> we would have been in better shape, that's maybe. That's an interesting proposition. I, I could see that. I could see that. Because I feel like the only reason I knew that I had IBS was because of an Oprah show. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it was like the only reason I felt comfortable talking about that I was having such issues like pooping because Oprah was like, you got to oh talk God. about it. This yeah. is important. And I feel like if we looked at her, eight, I can't, I can't, I mean, I don't, I actually, you know, in so many ways, I feel like she never has left. But like when the day, when did the everyday show stop Casey I feel like you must know that oh my like gosh. what year I don't even know I don't even know and if I we did the math and her age I bet you she was mm-hmm. just like on the cusp of it not enough to like do a whole a one hour in depth yeah yeah she wasn't in the mix of it yet so there yeah. was yeah. no point in like talking about it yet and then she went off the air abandoning us all abandoning us <sighs> leaving us <laughs> <laughs> leaving us leaving to us. the whims of our uteruses. Yeah. Oh. Ellen wasn't going to fucking do that show. No. You know what I mean? No, she was not. No, she was, she not. was not. She was too so... busy scaring people. <laughs> <laughs> Giving Chris Jenner a heart attack. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, menace to society. <laughs> I mean, we do need, we need like, uh, we need someone like that again. Like, a national come. mom. We need a, we need a national mom. Mm-hmm. We do. Hmm. Who could Who will it be? do it? Who will... I do think Drew Barrymore is vying for that spot. But she's like the hippie mom who opens her house to all the kids and feeds them weird snacks. <laughs> <laughs> and you kind of like, yes. And a little bit you're like, oh, I don't know if I trust this advice. Right? <laughs> Because you're like, it's the hippie mom. Yes, exactly. Like, it's like, where did you learn this? Yeah. What yeah. guru gave right. you this counsel so that I can make a decision for myself? Um, <laughs> you just never know. And and to, and to be clear, like Oprah had some 
bad experts and bad gurus. Listen, she had some quickity quacks on her show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so interesting because it didn't matter in no. some ways. Like if she gave them her imprimatur, it was fine. People were like, oh, yes, I'm going to do what this person tells me to do, even if it means like steaming out my vagina. And then like years later, people are like, hmm, maybe that's not scientific. Right. I think. I always I think have it was such a soft spot for that because people are like, Oprah gave us Dr. Oz and Dr. Phil, but I'm like, she was just trying to make content every day, which I've been in that position of trying to like generate content every day. And like, she had no idea. She had no control over the staying power that we gave to these people. I mean, maybe she did and some, I don't know. But also like you... I don't know, Dr. Phil at first is like charismatic a little bit, right? Like that's why she liked him in the first place. She had no idea he would go rogue. Yeah, didn't she though? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm an Oprah apologist. You know, it, what's interesting is like when he first started doing his thing and one of my best friends loves Dr. Phil, watches his show every day, the whole thing. Wait, you guys, um, is it still on? I believe so. It might've recently just gone off the air, but until like, right before COVID, she was watching it daily, recording it to watch it. Recording. And intense. And wow. <laughs> so I started watching it just to sort of like, you know, take in the vibe and be supportive. And I was just like, wow, he has devolved from where he started. Because at one time he kind of seemed like, not America's dad, but America's like stern uncle. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say stern uncle. Yes. Yeah. And he would dole out some advice that felt kind of reasonable. And then he just went into straight up like humiliating young people on stage, humiliating old people on stage, like all according to some weird whimsical code of ethics that was fairly inscrutable to the viewer. Right. And, you know, it's just amazing that we were like all... Sure, this is fine. This is good. We're all in on on Dr. Phil's folksy, tough love. Wait, you guys, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he come into Oprah's life after she made the statements about beef? Yes. The beef industry? Yeah, he and was how like she was like, I'm never that. eating beef again. And then the entire, like, beef industry <laughs> like turned against Oprah. Oprah. She got in big trouble with the beef yes. industry. And, and, and then Dr. Phil popped up because he was like Texas yeah. and could he like, was like a consultant on the case. He was like I the think. great mediator between yes. Oprah and the beef industry. That yeah. is what it was, right? Mm -hmm. He got and Oprah and beef speaking though, the same language again. I think yeah. at one point she was like, I love beef. <laughs> she did. <laughs> And I remember she thinking, did. girl, okay. Who am I this? Oh, my I God. Mean. Here's my question. <laughs> Where did Dr. Oz always get all those corpse organs from? I can't. It's deeply <laughs> upsetting. He is always holding up like a colon or whatever. And I'm like, where is he getting all the... Where, where, who sells these to Dr. Oz? <laughs> this is... The first time he held up an organ, he should have been taken off the air. That's my opinion. Listen, the fact that he was allowed on the air as long as he was, when he was clearly, like, Dr. Phil is just salacious. Yeah. But Dr. Oz is dangerous. 
Was yeah. Selling, How was selling he board certified oil. in anything? Like he was just like after a while, he was just like, I'm going to get as rich as humanly possible, and I'm fine with all of you dying to do that. Wow. Like, hmm, thank you. Yeah, I mean, in a way, that's that's also being a serial killer. Mm-hmm. Again, just my opinion. They're among us. They're all around. <laughs> He'll just kill you through your television by giving you terrible advice. Well, at least he didn't win Senate, the Senate race. It's true. Yeah. I mean, we Thank take God. comfort where we can. We that's do. right. That's right. Days. That's what we, ha- we have to. We must. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge comfort. Let's be real. <laughs> I was it is a huge comfort. more comforted than when he lost that race. I know. I was holding my breath because like, he just like was such a wingnut. And I just kept thinking, this man cannot possibly be in the Senate. But given that um, in the House... Um, you know, George Santos and um, Mm. the guy from North Carolina who carried guns all over the place. And then they turned on him because he talked about the sex parties. I can't remember his name. Madison Cawthorn? Yes, thank you. And, you know, like, if those people, uh, Lauren Boebert, Marjorie Green, like, if they could get Who did the hand job at at Beetlejuice? That, oh, was that, a, was that was Lauren Boebert. That was yeah, yes, Boebert. Just hand jobbing away, like the most thankless sexual task in the history of sexual tasks. <laughs> in, I won't do it. I say I have weak hands. I'm just like my <laughs> I can't arm muscle is too much. <laughs> Carpal tunnel. Sorry. I really, I really have weak hands. I can't, can't grip. So sorry. It's also like, why <laughs> let me do for you what you can do for yourself? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! At Beetlejuice, that's the part that—that's the part that hangs me up. At Beetlejuice, Just, I mean, I guess any, anywhere in public would be. Is, I know, is but problematic. you know, for someone who talks about like family values, yeah, 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 yeah. It was so funny that she was like, "Yes, I think the best place for me to get sexy with this man I'm casually dating is a performance of Beetlejuice, a local performance of Beetlejuice. surrounded by children." <laughs> And it's like, yeah, yes, yes, yes. Let's do it. Let's go. Oh, my goodness. But you're so right. George Santos is particularly fascinating to me. When I saw him and like what a debacle he has been, I'm just like, because people are always like, when are you going to run for office? And I'm like, never. But once I saw him, I was like, "Mm, maybe. (laughs) I mean. Roxanne, I feel like I want you to run for office as well, because I just want every brilliant. I want every woman who's like kind of smart to run for office at this point. Do you know know what I mean? Like just if we all are like, guys, fuck this. Let's do it. Yeah. We got to take over. People options. We have to. Like maybe you feel like voting for someone very, very smart this time. Try it. Well, I mean, let's give it a shot. It can't (laughs) possibly be fucking worse. No, it really can't. Letting any old idiot in. Oh and then gosh. they can stay for life, which blows my mind. That term limits, it. term limits. Some of them are living so long. I know. Oh. Like when I read that Nancy Pelosi is running again, I was just like, to do what, girl? To do <laughs> what? What are you going to do? What? Girl. Uh. Mm. And then people are like, why do you hate her? It's like, listen, she has done everything a a politician could possibly hope to do. Yeah. She has served the cause. Bravo to her. But it's like, 
Even my mom stopped selling real estate like five years ago. You know what I mean? Right? Yeah, like yeah. there's a time and a place for everything. <laughs> like, go enjoy your hundreds yeah. of millions of dollars. Yeah, like get into it. get Let into genealogy, else. like my mom. Yeah. You know, like get a hobby, <laughs> reading. <laughs> so many things. Start a and- Substack. Also, start a Substack. Also, you could let someone else gain some experience in the in the field. That's like, what kills me. People are always talking about the pipeline and that we can only ever elect these older politicians, like this gerontocracy that people seem to be so enamored by. And it's like, well, yeah, because you never give up the seat to anyone mm. else. Like, let's get to grooming <laughs> some younger politicians to take over. Grooming because, in a good way. Oh my God! Yes, the good, <laughs> the good kind. <laughs> we're taking back the word grooming. Folks. Yeah, we guys, to. We we're taking it back. It's gotten out of control. Every time I hear a conservative person shout "groomer," I'm just like, "Do you even know how to spell it?" And poor groomers of dogs, you know. Oh, like, I know, right? What are they supposed to call themselves? The real heroes among us, by the way. Okay. Right? Sorry, the lawn people are here. We're in LA, and <laughs> as you know. They're cutting the grass. Lovely men. I love him. His name is Elvis, and he's great. And yet, Max sees the guys around the yard doing yard things and thinks they're the enemy. And has Max to... does not remember this happened last week. Yeah, he does well, and, and literally, and it yeah. happens every Tuesday. He's so. just and, trying to protect, and he's he not, not going to remember next week either. No, he's not. <laughs> next week, it's going to be a whole new experience. Like, oh, what is this? <laughs> Roxanne, we always ask our guests to share with us a pivot story. Well, I think we just came up with your next pivot that we want you mm-hmm. to run for office, that we think <laughs> we think that would be great. Such a pivot. <laughs> but do you have a story of a time where you thought you were going to be doing one thing or you thought one thing was going to happen and it didn't exactly happen that way and you had to, like, change your plan? Oh, I mean, so many times. I was, I mean, it's it's not going to sound like a pivot, but it actually ended up being a huge pivot. Uh, after I finished my master's degree, I was convinced that I was going to go on and get my PhD in creative writing because uh, the University of Nebraska had this great program and I love writing and I just knew that was going to be the thing for me. And then my girlfriend at the, at the time dumped me via email. And through a series of events, I met a recruiter from a university I had never heard of, Michigan Technological University, who invited me to apply to get a PhD in rhetoric and technical communication. And I didn't even know what that was. I don't know what it is. (laughs) And it's really all about the art of argument and distilling complex information for multiple audiences. And so I applied and I got in and they made me a great offer. And I completely changed my whole life plan. It seems like it's not changing because I got a PhD anyway, but it was like such a different field. And I had never really considered teaching. I just thought I would work as like a copywriter or I had been working in university communications at the time. And I kind of thought, well, this is what I'm going to do during the day so that I can go and write my little novels at night. And in the end, I ended up doing this and teaching, which I never imagined I would do because I don't think I have the temperament for it, though I ended up being a good teacher. And so, yeah, it was a huge pivot. Wow. I like a tough teacher. I love a teacher that doesn't suffer fools. I feel like that, is that a little bit the kind of teacher you were? Yeah. I I mean, I'm I'm still teaching. Um, 
And I am a a tough teacher, but I also believe in building people up, not tearing them down. So from the minute they walk into my classroom, I tell my students that they're great writers and we're just here. Our work together is to help them really make the most of that greatness and really see how they can improve. And you would be surprised. So many students are told that they're bad writers all throughout their lives, including in college. And it breaks my heart because then they develop some trauma around writing and they think that they can't write when they can. And so I am trying to sort of undo all of that damage and help them just be the most amazing writers possible. And they are. These kids are so smart and they're so interesting. And, you know, this generation, the generation alpha, they're different. They're different. They are different. Those are my children. Oh, yeah, they're different. And that's okay, because it's not them that's the, it's not, there's no problem at all, but it's not them that has to change. It's me that has to sort of just recognize, you know, every generation is going to be different. And so I'm trying to figure out, like, how do you teach this new generation? Um, Because they're different than the millennials, they're different than the Gen Zers. And it's kind of, I just, they're they're so like, no, that's not okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I just, I'm like, really? Okay. Wow. Okay. Let me just recalibrate here. It's really interesting. Every day is different. I have a question actually, because you are an educator and um, I've been thinking a lot about the education system in our country and how it has just been completely crumbling and failing this generation, Alpha, <laughs> and especially in the last few years since COVID. How many years has it been, guys? Has it been four years almost? Like, oh my. Uh, 2020. It's almost been four years. Uh, yes. Yeah. Holy shit. Yes. Um, And how kids with privilege, like my own children, did not necessarily suffer so much academically, Um, but how the divide has just become even greater uh, between kids whose parents were able to afford extra help and those parents who were not able to and were working, you know, essential jobs and kids were left to try to navigate online school at like age eight or whatever Mm -hmm. by themselves. Like, it's a huge fucking problem. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts... (laughs) About like a system that could be put in place or dismantle uh, systems that are still in place in in the education system that could try to even the playing field address what these just vastly different experiences are of, of kids from different socioeconomic areas in our country like how what what are we supposed to be even asking for you know what I mean yeah I mean that's a really great question and I don't know that anyone has the answers but I know one of the key things that we have to do is fund public school systems robustly and fund them equally because Mm -hmm. right now so many in so many places school funding is tied to property taxes right so when you live in a wealthy neighborhood your public schools are basically like private schools and the kids have access to incredible resources and low class sizes and all of the kinds of things that generally will help a child thrive. 
And when you go to impoverished areas, there are far more students in classes, far fewer resources for the school districts, the teachers, the administrators. And so many children do, in fact, get left behind. And people are fine with this. People in this country are completely okay with it because they believe if I'm wealthy and I pay a lot of property taxes, mm-hmm. my children should benefit. And I'm like, I right. don't have children. Right. And so I'm paying. You're like, I, I still have to pay. A ton yeah. On a property taxes. And I should be paying a ton of taxes to be clear, to be clear. Um, that is right, fair and appropriate. But like, we are all contributing to the greater good, whether we have children or not. Mm-hmm. And so I, I wish more people would divest themselves from like this individualism and Mm. really recognize that this country will thrive if everyone has equal access to excellent education from K through 16 um, college. And so I I don't know how we get there because we're so individualistic and COVID in fact showed me that we are very, very far, far, far away from Mm. doing anything useful here. Um, We're just so far away. And uh, I don't know how we get more collectively minded because people are just so selfish and it makes me sad. I'm like, children, like, why would you stand in a child's way of being able to learn, have internet at home? Like everyone should, internet access should be a staple. Everyone should have access. Here in LA, there were a lot of stories at the beginning of COVID of families taking their kids to Taco Bell so that they could do online school during the day. And it's just like, this is embarrassing that in the United States, in Los Angeles, where Beverly Hills is right there, we are sending children to Taco Bell so they can go Mm -hmm. to school. And nobody sees a problem with this. It's grotesque. And sorry to get so heated, but like, we can do better. This is the wealthiest country in the world. I travel all over. And trust me, no matter what anyone thinks about the United States, this is the wealthiest country. It's fine mm-hmm. here and we right. can help everyone. We have the resource. That's the, we yeah, do. that's the truth. We, we have the resources. Do. Listen, tax Jeff Bezos, tax yes. fucking right. Elon Musk, tax the billionaires, tax them. It's, the tax money's them. right there. That's what yeah. we have to do. We have to run for office and we have to tax the billionaires. <laughs> Other than and that, I, I mean, we, it's problem solved. We did it. We've talked a lot about individualism, but also if you're going to be a purely individualistic society. You have to stop minding the business of other people that have nothing to do with you because all the time you'll see a tweet or whatever, a social media post about what somebody saw in someone's shopping cart that they purchased with an EBT card. And I'm like, it's none of your fucking business. What if a person oh, bought well, lobster? Yes, with their, this is the judgment I mean? piece. Yeah. Yes. We've talked about this before. It's so when I see so, that, I'm like, yeah. first of all, I don't care if you buy five tins of caviar with your EBT. That is not my business. It's not going to my house. It's not going in my stomach. Mm-mm. Like, let it go. I don't care. And then sometimes people are like, why are you giving that unhoused person money? They're going to just buy liquor. And... If okay. I was living on the street, I would want to drink too. Like, by right. God bless you. Get a mm-hmm. good, get a good bottle. Like, come right. on. Right. So I feel like our tendency to to be able to look at kids that don't have internet and be like, well, that's fine. My kid deserves internet somehow. Mm-hmm. And that kid somehow does not. It's one of those situations where I'm like, neither is good. But if you want to have one, if you want to have this like individualism that you prize 
clearly so dearly, then you have to like take your nose out of what other people deserve mm-hmm. and, and and aren't entitled to. And also divest this idea of meritocracy. Like it's not about deserving. Like let's just all recognize that we deserve a basic level of comfort. Yes. Everyone should have access to clean food, to clean water, to public transportation, yeah. to housing. Like that's the bare minimum. Universal basic income, like let's get on board because it works. It has been proven time and time again. And again, we can afford these kinds of social safety nets. Everyone should be able to retire. You know, Mm -hmm. whenever I go out and I see someone in their late 60s, early 70s, 80s working Mm. and working shitty, shitty retail jobs, working all kinds of laborious service industry jobs, I just think we have failed. We have failed this person. We have failed all of their colleagues who are of a similar age, who are out here working for minimum wage, which has not mm-hmm. increased. And, you know, then there are people who are like minimum wage shouldn't be $20. I mean, have you seen how hard it is to work at Starbucks? $20 is not enough. Right. And so until we stop thinking that you deserve success, that you earn it. No, you don't. You might work hard. Yes. Mm-hmm. and you are also lucky. And oftentimes when you are successful, you are starting from far mm-hmm. higher up the ladder than many other people. And so your climb to success might take four rungs of the ladder while someone else's climb to success might take 40. And mm-hmm. I wish we could acknowledge that. Like sometimes we are just given a leg up and that means something. I thought that we'd be over talking about our bootstraps, but, know. you know, and I'm like, your dad bought you those boots. Exactly. I'm like, also- wearing Gucci boots. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. boring. <laughs> Please acknowledge it. And, you know, I in everything I do, I try to acknowledge my privileges. Um, yeah. You know, I grew up in a middle class family. My parents sent me to great schools. Like, I'm, and I talk about it all the time because it's not accidental. I'm supposed to be here. Right. Everything in my life has been predicated on this kind of success because it was right there. I did Mm -hmm. work hard. I do work hard. But I mean, I know I don't work as hard as most people in this country. Mm -hmm. And like, it's okay to admit that. It doesn't mean that you're lazy or a bad person. Right. It It doesn't take anything away from you. Not at all. Not at all. Like, just free yourselves from the burden of thinking that you are a precious snowflake. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's really helpful. <laughs> I think it's very helpful. I love your opinions. I'm so happy you made a book that's just based on allowing your opinions to take up space and air. I love mm-hmm. it so much. The full title of the book is Opinions, A Decade of Arguments, Criticisms, and Minding Other People's Business. I think it would be such a great a holiday gift if you're buying something for someone in your life and you don't know what to get them. A mother. This might be it. A father. Yes. A mother. I dedicated a to my mother. So mothers might really enjoy it. <laughs> oh, I'm my mother has no shortage of opinions. I am getting, I am gifting this book to my mother. <laughs> and moms love me, so you know. <laughs> With good reason. Well, yeah, we love you. <laughs> Thank you so much for being so generous with your time, your thoughts, and your opinions. Thank you. And your max. Oh, I know. Max. Look at him. Look at how cute this little puppy is. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. Oh yeah, and I dress him every day. Today he's wearing his little sailor sweater. Oh, and, I love um, how. When we put a sweater on him, we call him Connor and pretend that he's working at a lighthouse. 
<laughs> I love him. Yes. Uh, my wife and I clearly don't have enough to do. Because Listen, we have this whole little Connor narrative. That no. seems like the perfect amount of what to do. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I was like, I, that feels just right to me. I, it's the same. Uh, well, have a wonderful afternoon. You too. Thank you. Thank both. you so Thank much. You. It was so nice to talk to you, Roxanne. Thank you. Likewise, Casey. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Busy. Bye. Bye. Oh my gosh, that is so cute. I gotta get the girls in their uh in their dog winter, sweaters. Winter garb. I gotta their get winter garb. Gina's favorite little Winnie the Pooh sweater out. She really looks like Winnie the Pooh when she wears it. Oh it's like God. red, her little red knit sweater, hoodie. And then she's got just her butt out. Just her her naked lower half. <laughs> naked lower half. She's a little Winnie the Pooh. So cute. So cute. So cute. You know, I've been on that arm for life. <laughs> Mostly because I was like feeling like, like, especially I think because of the winter, the cold, whatever. I was like, feel like my skin and hair is lacking some radiance. Yeah. And then Armra Colostrum showed up and I'm obsessed. <laughs> it's so easy to use. Just stir a little bit into a little bit of water. You know, I love anything that has clinical reportage, which Armra has. So I'm into it. It's a proprietary concentrate of bovine colostrum that harnesses over 400 living bioactive nutrients that rebuild the barriers of your body and fuel cellular health for a host of research-backed health benefits, strengthening immunity, igniting your metabolism. It helps with anti-inflammation, fortifies gut health, activates hair growth and skin radiance. That's what I'm talking about. Powers <laughs> fitness and performance and recovery and confers powerful anti-aging benefits. Armra is premium bovine colostrum concentrate. And unlike any other product on the market, it is wholly natural, sustainable, and was developed with the highest integrity from start to finish. Anything that is going to help me get the inflammation down in my body, I need it. I need it. Well, that that is, that's the key, right? I'm an, like, I'm, yeah. Ugh. I also am like very much because the reducing the inflammation and puffiness in your face and your neck and like... It stimulates stem cells to produce collagen and increase elasticity for plumper skin, protects yeah. against UV damage. Guys, it does literally all of the things. <laughs> I want all of that. Colostrum. <laughs> We've worked out a special deal for our audience. Receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash busy or enter busy to get 15% off your first order. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A dot com slash busy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp, there's BetterHelp. We love you so much, BetterHelp. That's I a mean, good honestly, one. honestly, it is a good one. The truth is, we could all, all use some better help, especially now. You're not Especially kidding. heading into these holidays. The holidays are just such a good time to give yourself the gift of better help. Yeah. <laughs> and therapy. And it really does help you sort of like balance 
it all out. Well, I think we're all thinking so much about like new beginnings and new years. And I just mm-hmm. feel like, like, why even wait? You know what I mean? Like, why make yourself wait another Mm -mm. few weeks to start on a path of like understanding yourself better and feeling Mm -hmm. better about yourself every day. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I feel like therapy is a thing that a lot of people sometimes have a hard time getting started with. Like I've heard that from a lot of people. All of these reasons why people get like Oh, I don't know, guys. Maybe when I have more time, I'll do it. But the truth is like making time for that is so important because it will allow you to make space for all the things that really do matter. Right. And BetterHelp's here to remove a lot of those barriers that exactly. have possibly stopped you in the past. Because it's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient and flexible and suited to your schedule. You fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time if you need to. No additional charge. And look, it's like the holidays are stressful for everybody. And why not have as much support as you can get is all I'm saying. So BetterHelp is here for you. In this season of giving, it's giving season. Give yourself what you need with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash busy today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash busy. I don't think that heater is working, my heater. Or like, I don't think it's like turned on. I can hear it rattling around trying to make a play for it but I don't know it's freezing in your house no it's not freezing I I'm like no it's just (laughs) I just feel like this I'm sitting next to the radiator in the kitchen and I feel like it must not be like open or something do you know what I mean anything yeah because it's not really doing I can hear it rattling around yeah I can hear her attempting (laughs) but nothing, nothing is happening um, speaking of nothing happening, Casey, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, well, I'm good, but something, do I even want to, something gross happened to me. It's not oh, gross. No. I don't know. I don't know if I can handle it today. What's happening? Uh, what is it? Tell I me. I just, this is like, it was a very OCD moment for me where like uh-huh. I felt the full the full wrath of my OCD. I was walking barefoot in my house, which automatically, mm-hmm. like, I'm never without shoes on in my house. I'm always wearing, like, slippers because I'm always mm-hmm. cold or whatever. I don't know. It was all of the things wrong with me all at once. Like, it, it, it's like a, a a confluence of those events. I stepped mm-hmm. on something, maybe, like, I don't even know what, like a little stick or something that the dogs brought in from outside. I think, I, I'm not even sure what it was. Anyway, it cut open the bottom of my foot, which I didn't realize because I have like very fragile mm. skin because of Ehlers-Danlos. Mm. But then I didn't realize it was a cut at first until I felt the edges of it like touch, like I just walked around like that for, and so I could like feel it being a cut. It was very gross. Once I knew it was a cut, I was done for. Like, it was terrible. I just immediately laid down and covered my eyes and, like, blocked my ears. And Matt came in and did whatever and, like, patched it up or whatever. But it's it's very gross. And so I have a giant cut on the bottom of my foot that I don't know how it happened or when it's going to heal. And I probably... 
probably could have stood to like get it glued together at the doctor or whatever, but it's just like taped together. Honey, get some super glue. Do it yourself. You know me. <laughs> DIY that shit. I like DIY a little di- that skin right back together. A little DIY self-surgery project. But anyway, it was very gross. And uh, I was getting ready to go to Emily's house to make dumplings. Wait, everyone's talking about dumplings. <laughs> Sorry, I'm trying to move so I can be in the sun. In the sunshine. You, want... so, you know me. You know me. Little lizard lady. A little lizard. Leanne was right when she would call me lizard lips when I was <laughs> a little kid. And I hated it so fucking much. Um, um, yeah, but dumplings. Right. We went to Emily's to make dumplings and it was That's adorable. Nice. And I had, an, I had a real aptitude for it. Did you? That doesn't surprise me. Doesn't surprise me. Does not surprise me. Doesn't and, surprise uh, me. We cooked up a bunch of dumplings and ate up a bunch of dumplings and it was great. Um, that sounds so fun. It was pretty fun. It was supposed to be a big crowd, but then it wound up being like a smaller crowd because it was almost immediately following Thanksgiving and I think everybody was just like socialed out. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But it was so good and Emily was so cute because she had a little wine and it was adorable. And we had adorable dumplings. You know what? Drunk Emily is one of my favorite Emilies. <laughs> it was cute because she said a couple times, like, I'm just going to be honest because I've had some wine. And then she'd say, like, the most benign thing and make me LOL. <laughs> Speaking of opinions, I'm just going to be honest. I don't really like the vermicelli as much as I like the tofu dumplings. <laughs> yeah, she's got to be honest, guys. She's got to live her truth. <laughs> And she talked about meeting Chris Fleming and... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That was amazing. We forgot to talk about that. They introduced their lipomas to each other. There's also, like, there's been hostages released. Yes. That's been really incredible. Like, the ceasefire has felt, like, I don't know what's happening today. So, I don't... So, guys, don't quote me on it. it, Right. And then this will be tomorrow by the time they can hear it. And it could be a whole But for one second, it at least has felt a little bit like... A little hopeful. For a second. Um, And it's interesting, like, I had posted this thing of, you know, people are just like, a lot of people have... Somebody, I had posted something about one of the Palestinian prisoners that had been released. Yeah. And people got really upset with me, including, like, close friends of mine that were like, it's not a... This is not a hostage swap because, like, they... A lot of people have a lot of feelings. Yeah. And I do just want to say that part of what I really fundamentally believe is that children of conflict are victims. Yes. And like children of war are victims. And whether they committed something, who knows, when they were kids or not, to me, and this is my opinion. Yeah. We need to understand that, you know, children are not the warmongers of the world. Right. They are just kids trying to live in the ways that they are being taught to live. And so if we've failed them, <laughs> all of us, then we have. Does that make sense? No, that makes sense. 
and uh, and it's difficult, right? It's difficult because. I don't know, because some people are just doing some real surface level thinking. Some people have very personal feelings about these Mm -hmm. things because they're like culturally tied. But yes, what you said so simply and what I'm struggling to say is like, yeah, kids didn't do this. Children didn't do it. And like, I don't want any kids. I don't know. Like, and I know that that sounds like Sure, guys. Fine. Come at me. I'm sure there's like a fucking kid that's a serial killer. Like, fine. Whatever. We know. But I'm hopeful. Yeah. I'm hopeful. In this moment, you feel hopeful. For one second. Well, sort of. I mean, it's still, I don't know, unbearable. unbearable. What's happening in Ukraine continues. What's happening in the Congo? What's happening? Right. Of course, in Israel. and. Palestine and Gaza, specifically, horrendous. Yeah. What's happening all over the fucking world? What's happening in our country? Yeah, what's la, happening la, here? La, la. What's what's happened in Canada? But it's giving Tuesday. <laughs> it's giving Tuesday. And, and so if you've that's... given, if you've given, that's great. If you can give, that's great. I'm a big believer in giving small. Y- yeah. If, and you if can that's give on what a Wednesday. You give can, on a Wednesday. You can give on any day if you missed Giving Tuesday, if you can. And it's a good way to, like, jumpstart your hopefulness for a cause that you believe in and that you feel like you can get behind. It's, it's a good way. And, and if you don't have any spare cash, maybe you can do a little fundraiser or something on social media. Add a little button to your social media where your friends who have some spare cash Maybe mm-hmm. that's something that they they want to hit that button. Or do an Instagram flash sale. Yeah. How do I do that? I want to do that on an stories. Instagram. How do you do it? You know how people do that? Yes. I see I our friend. Do like a fundraiser. I see our friend Carla Kakowski I know. does it for her how does business. How does she do it? She does, she doesn't do Instagram stories. I think she does it on her regular page. And then uh-huh. she just uh, says what something costs that and she is it wants to sell. the first person to respond? The first person in the comments to claim it. Like, I claim that headband. Uh, then they'll mm-hmm. exchange DMs and, and the person can like Venmo for it. Yeah. So I think that's brilliant. I think you should totally do that. But should we do it on this site so I don't have to gum up my other, my feed? Um, You know, should we do it on the Busy Phillips is doing her best? Probably we'll get some more followers. (laughs) Yeah, you can do it on there. You totally can. You know what I mean? Yes. Or like do, because a lot of people, like you like, a lot of people I know, like they have their own. Yes. Yeah, they have it for like their, their business that they're, yeah, Uh of course, of course. Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You can you can do it there. I also was like, how do we just is there how do you do like an auction? I don't even know how to do that. I'm sure there's a way and I'm sure there's an app and I'm sure there's somebody that knows all about how to do it. But yeah. No one in my life. Let's look into it. I know because you know, I would like I would auction off a pig. I would you know what I mean? For some yeah. some things. For some things. Yeah. For for some things. For some things. You know I'm going to be in LA again soon. I did you hear a rumor that. about that, but did I didn't you know want to give you the third degree about it. Well, you know I have to take some fucking meetings because 
you hopefully know. this referendum is going to pass. Um, because I've been hearing scary things. Touch and go with the the SAG. I don't know. I've been contract. I've been hearing things that are fucking that people are that the people who are voting no are like really showing up to vote no, and that the people who are like yeah I'm going to vote yes like haven't done it. No. And I'm just going to be real transparent in this moment. I didn't vote until this morning. <laughs> well, like I, cause I just was like, I, we have it, you have until the fifth. And I sort of was just like, right. I thought, I don't know. I, I was like, I, I needed to do it on my computer because there's like a whole process to like signing in. I couldn't do it on my Everybody's phone. saying the same thing. They're having a hard time signing in on their phone. They have to get to their computer to do it's it. It's true. It's so, not, um, it's not yeah. easy. Yeah, it's... They it's also not- should, like, in Los Angeles, I'm sorry, they should just have, like, at the SAG, they should have one in the Valley and one in, like, on Wilshire where the SAG building is. Well, and let's not put have, it at like, SAG. Let's booths. put it where actors are really going to go. Where's the most likely place for actors? Larchmont. Just- <laughs> they like should have one, on, bean. One, on a, one at a Coffee Bean and Tea Leaf <laughs> in the Valley and one yeah. at Pete's Coffee on Larchmont. Yeah. Fucking just- voting booths. If I was SAG leadership... Here's what I would do. GOTV. I would do... I would do... <laughs> I was SAG leadership. I would do one at Soul Cycle, <laughs> one at Equinox, one at Gold's Gym, Barry's Boot Camp. Yes. Uh, Sushi Park. <laughs> uh, I would do it at... Hyde? Is Hyde still a club? (laughs) (laughs) Guys, we got to get out the vote. Got to get out the vote. Go where the voters are. Um, Yeah. And then, of course, Larchmont, Studio City. We got it. We got it, guys. We got it it. covered. We got it covered. Uh, It just better be showing up. Hopefully, everybody will get to make their voice heard. And I know that you're hoping that it will pass. I am also hoping that it will pass. So, but I'm also, you know, I'm hearing out people that are concerned. It's not. Oh, I'm not. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I did, but I like also like listened to the, to the information. Yeah. And, um, and I actually think it's like, I just think it's wildly irresponsible for people to vote now based on the, what, it will do to this industry. And I also think it's union busting and I think it will bust the union. I'm not kidding. Wow. And I say this as the most pro-union bitch, but it might make me fucking bust the union because I'm like, if these bitches can't get their shit together and vote yes for it, sorry guys, I'm really like heated about it right now. Well, I'm just hoping it long, passes. It's been a long time. And it's a long like, time. We we will there there will be zero goodwill left with any other Union. Union. Zero. They're done. They will be fucking done. It's a it's essentially a two and a half year contract. Yeah. A lot of the things that I see people like complaining about in regards to the AI thing, I think there's just like a lack of information. We haven't really seen how it's gonna affect us yet. Right. In its entirety. And so, okay, let's work for the next two and a half years and gather more information. And if we have to go back to negotiating at that point, okay, that seems and reasonable to me. And tell me, I also, tell me if this is a crazy sorry. idea. This mm-hmm. is what I keep thinking. Go back to work now and think the whole time about how the next contract can be better instead of 
waiting two and a half years to totally. start talking about it. Totally. Just think from also, day one back also to work show on up. set. Show yeah. up to meetings. If like, you know, show up for leadership, like show up, make your voice heard, make your, uh, you know, run for the like board members, run for office at right. like on, on the union level. Yeah. Like, but also be out there and working. See yeah. how it affects you. Yeah. Well, that's one thing that has been curious to me is like I have some of the, I'm not saying everyone, but some of the dissenting voices that I've been hearing from, they're not to my knowledge, like really working actors. Yeah, I and, know. And that's also my issue. So they're not participating members. But that's, that's also why I'm saying that it's union busting. Yeah. Because yeah. it's okay. Because if every fucking working actor that I have spoken to is like, yes, a hundred percent. Like I listen, I just watched the fucking three hour town hall. Like they had all of these informational things, like right. giving the terms of the agreement and blah, 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 blah. Like sat through the zoom sessions with whatever his name is, Crabtree and Evelyn, main <laughs> negotiator guy, Duncan Crabtree, Evelyn. I don't, whatever. It's good like, hand lotion. <laughs> I did. I used to love a Crabtree and Evelyn. But like every, I'm not even kidding you, with with not one exception, every working actor I have spoken to is yeah. like, yes, this is a deal that I am going to sign off on so that we can all get back to work. And there are a few things that I'm like, eh, but ultimately it's a two and a half year deal. We're going to see how it plays out. We're going to see how contracts are done. And we're going to see how jobs are and how this industry even recovers. Because let me tell you something right now yeah. from the side of, you know, Mark and Abby who are you know, writers, directors, a lot of my other friends who are uh, writers, showrunners, people who have been very successful, hugely successful. A lot of people are like very concerned right now about just the future of the industry in general because of the impact of the last several years with streaming and sort of like the overreach of these studios and right. networks. And now that they're like, they're, they have to pull back. And uh, and so, you know, I think we have, I just think the actors, I think the actors have a huge responsibility in this moment. And the negotiating committee did such an amazing job and got, and did right. make so many huge gains. And so if like the one thing that you are focused on or whatever wasn't able to be exactly worded the way you wanted it to, or it's not good enough right. for you. Like, I think, again, this is like this idea that we were talking about with Roxanne Gay, like this individualism thing. Yeah. Where it's like, guess what? Like, for greater good, guys. Greater, And it's not just greater good of actors at this point. It's greater good of this fucking industry. It will die. Like, right. it will be done. And also, it will break this, it will break SAG-AFTRA. Right. Because at a certain point, like the Tom Cruises and these other people, they're going to be like, fuck it. We're just going to go back to work because right. we don't need the health insurance anyway. Right. Right. I mean, I, guys, I need the health insurance, but even I like will pay out of pocket for a doctor if I have to. You know what I mean? Like right. I'm just saying like, that's the luxury that I get from the kind of money I get paid from doing what like my job. And I'm just being very honest. 
Yeah. And I am a huge believer. You know, I'm like a fucking socialist, basically. Right. I'm a huge believer in like reaching a hand back and like pulling people up with you if you can and and paying into a system so that other people can be taken care of and giving those people voices and all of that shit. But it's not going to mean a damn thing if like this, they're just, they call it and like there's no industry to come back to at all. Right, right. And, and, and then, and, you know, and big stars decide like, well, we'll just do this. Anyway. I'll just go out on my, go out on yeah. alone. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Sorry for all that, guys. I don't know. No, it, it, listen, you're impassioned and you've educated yourself on the subject and hopefully everybody's logging into their computer to hopefully that's, you know. It's hard. It's it's the largest. It's like one of the largest unions in the country, right? Yeah. It's like over 250,000 members. Yeah. Obviously, like everyone has unique needs and desires and wants. Did I get everything that I want? No, of course I didn't. Right. That, the things that I was like, ooh, that would be great if we could manage to get that. No, right. I didn't. Right. But that's okay. I'm okay with it because... I think that it's important to like get back to work and get our industry back. Yeah. And also, I just really want to go to the Mean Girls premiere. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm ending on a joke because I feel like I was being too harsh. But I feel like that's a that's a good wish. That's a good wish. It's a true. I did. Um. I did. I got to do ADR today for Girls Five Eva. Oh my gosh! Everybody's in ADR. All my friends. Everyone I texted yeah. today was doing ADR for something, and I was so happy that Hollywood you were break. Doing in case it. you don't know, ADR is when you go in, they've like edited your TV show or movie. And then they're like, oh, um, the dialogue on this line, you're like overlapping with another character and we can't really hear the word. So can you just like fill in that word for us? So you go in, you have to match your lips to the, to the track. Yes. And you create a new soundtrack, a new... All dialogue track, all, and sometimes they add things. A lot of times they add things. I have yeah. m- many of my things today were just um, lines or words being added for clarity for the storytelling of it. Right. right. Um, and it's and kind of I, fun because it's like the first time you get to see a little bit of what you did usually. Yeah, most of the time. Yeah. And then, um, and then I got to sing and I recorded some songs and it was really fun. This all sounds great. I'm really excited for this season, guys. It's really and it's fast. coming. You can't say when it's coming mm-hmm. yet. I can't, no. but I know. But I can't. <laughs> to Netflix. To Netflix. To Netflix. Well, That's... what are you doing your best at this week? Um. Well, I would like to say that I don't know if my J-Lo Ben Affleck remaking Jenny from the block prediction. Like it kind of, it was like our, a viral moment that we had, but you just take credit. Okay. But, and people were like, yes, she's remaking the Jenny from the block video. And then it seemed like she wasn't, but she has announced that she has like a, like a movie. This is me now. Excuse me. A visual album, a visual album. I call it a movie. (laughs) Uh, is coming. So, I mean, maybe I was partially right. I don't know. I'll have to see. I'm looking forward to watching it and to seeing if any part of my prediction was kind of true and happening. And Ben was involved. He wrote it, I guess. Yes. 
Yes, he was involved. Okay. And on that note, in this article that I read, yeah, I have it. I literally have it saved on my phone and my photos. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, she even like revealed this note that she's kept that was dated December twenty fourth, two thousand two. Yeah, and he sent her a bouquet of flowers. And this is the note that she like shared about like their incredible love and relationship. And the note reads, life's tough, but you're sweet. Thanks for the gift. Hope you like the flowers. (laughs) You told me you could never have enough. I believe you. And then the note is signed, B. All business B. Guys, the only thing worse than <laughs> receiving ugly flowers <laughs> is getting a note that says, hope you like the flowers. Life's tough, but you're sweet. <laughs> Maybe life's tough, but you're sweet is okay. But hope you like the flowers. You told me you could never have enough. I believe this, you. This is an Oscar winning writer. This is a man who has written a movie and won an Academy Award. Although, you know, very controversial. It is controversial. It's a shared Oscar. And then there's lore accompanying lore. There's lore. People feel like they didn't really... I don't know what the fucking lore is. I don't even remember (laughs) at this point. But all I'm saying is that, I mean, if you're going to side on the side of the lore, maybe this this note is... Something this else. is a note written before the first Lodge Duncan of the morning where... <laughs> this is a note where you're like, I don't know what to say. Uh, just, I hope you like these flowers. I don't know. Mm. He's all business. All business Ben in that note. Woo! Yeah, that wasn't the most romantic note. Um, it's also so many periods. <laughs> Life's tough, but you're sweet. Period. Period. Thanks for the gift. Period. Period. Hope you like the flowers. Period. You told me you could never have enough. Period. I believe you. Period. It's like um, sometimes I go back through my correspondence and I de-exclamation point it so I'll be taken more seriously. And it's like he went too far in that direction. It's like he went so far in that direction (laughs) that he's like, I'm going to put a period where there doesn't even need to be. This could be one sentence, but I'm going to put a period here. (gasps) You told me you could never have enough, period. Period. (laughs) (laughs) And I believed you. And I believe you. Listen, whatever. You know we root root so hard for them. We love them so much. We root Um, for them. I'm excited she has a visual album because, like, it seems like everyone cool has one. And so she mm. should have one, too. But we'll see. I'm, you know, that's not really what, that's what I might have been doing my best at in the past. I guess what I'm doing my best at is, like, you know, my family really kicked in and helped with Thanksgiving after our little um, blow up about division of labor. And, mm, mm. Uh, you know, and and again, I will want to say that it wasn't like my family was doing nothing and I felt like I was doing everything. It was just more that I was stressing about what wasn't getting done and they were not. And so I was like stressed. 
stressed. Um, but I'm allowed to get stressed sometimes. And uh, I hope that they forgive me and that we're all good now. And it seems like it. We decorated for Christmas. We put up our tree. We put up the bottle brush tree collection, which has grown. Um, and some of them are so funny because they're like from my family and my husband's family from like the 1940s. And they're just like one bristle attached to like a wire. And then uh, right up until, you know, some that we bought at the Target dollar spot this year. Um, and it takes over like the whole front of the living room because there's hundreds of bottle brush trees. And I love that about myself that I love some fucking simple things like bottle brush trees and lights. I just love them. Like when people wonder what someone's interests are, what makes them interesting. Like I love things that glow. I just do. And it's so like, I, it's not even basic. It's like beneath basic. It's like almost childlike, childish. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But I just love it. I I really do. And so, um, yeah, so that's what we did our best at. And I also got a jump on, like, trying to think of gifts for people in my life. And we're not going wild or whatever, like, you know, and and I'm not trying to enter into, like, a a huge um, conversation about consumerism just that I want to get some thoughtful things for the people in my life. And mm-hmm. I tried to get a jump on it and I felt pretty good about it. But I also think there is such a thing as getting ready too soon. And I think in the end, I'm going to have overdone it a little bit. Just in terms of quantity and like oh, thinking listen. of too many things. Listen, <laughs> I feel like I don't want to do anything. And I, I'm not even kidding you. I'm like, yeah. I'm like I don't want to get a Christmas tree. Aww. I don't want to get the fucking shit out. I don't want to put a goddamn light up. I don't want to... I don't even want to get the bottle brush trees out, guys. I don't even want to get them out. Wow. I know. And... I'm really struggling with organizational situations here in New York City. Yeah. And um, like keeping things orderly and tidy. And um, it's a mess. It's all a fucking mess. And I feel like, and I just, you guys, I just, I'm going to say something and just don't hate me. Okay. I have spent so much fucking money on people to help me organize shit and keep it that way. Yeah. And it is a mess. It is always a mess. It has never, ever, maybe for one second, been not a mess. But then, so fast, it's a fucking mess again. And like, I don't know what to do at this point. So I just am like, I don't want to get this shit out because I don't want to deal with it because I'm the only one who fucking does it. I have no help. And I'm just like, not interested. It sucks. And it like, I love it. And it's like, but I can't continue to just lug a bunch of shit. Also, it's just so fucking hard in New York. Yeah. Just like up and down stairs, like all, like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm bummed. I'm bummed, but I can't. But, and then if you're like, well, hire some, I can't fucking hire. I just like, I can't even, 
I can't spend more money. I can't spend more money on people to help me. Like, I want people to help me because they are either in my family and they want to help me or because I have been paying them to help me. And so they're going to, but not because I'm like hiring new people to help me when I'm like, I've already done this so many times and I just don't get it. I don't know what to do. I'm at a loss. Can I, can I say one thing that I don't know if it'll make you feel any better, but Mm. what I will say is like, I think you're, you're talking about like ADHD and like motivation (laughs) and all of these things and like organization in the household, which I think like a lot of people can identify with and struggle and and struggle with and I struggle with the same the same exact way. But one thing that is slightly different and like since you already said like don't hate me for saying that I spent money on having people help me organize, one thing that's different about your life that I have just over the last few years have gotten a taste of is like things continually coming into my life that I just don't know what to do with. Oh my like, God. And it's so generous and it's so wonderful to be sent things. And when it's mm-hmm. like something that you immediately like are like, this this necklace is so beautiful. It's going like right in my jewelry box. I'm it's in my rotation. What like I've gotten things like that. But then I've gotten other things that I didn't even imagine ever getting and it's like a surprise and it's so nice like makeup and shampoo and things like that where I'm like I could really use this and it's good but I just wasn't prepared for it and I don't have a system in place for handling it at all and like when that happens sometimes something will sit out on my dining room table like a package of shampoo or whatever for that someone just cuz I got on the PR list which is so nice and so generous but it'll sit on my dining room table for like 2 weeks while I just try to figure out psychologically right. where I and can put so that many, shampoo <laughs> right and so many things like can I just be very real like a lot of people send me books yeah and I fucking love books but then also I'm like like oh I know they want me to post about their books right but I'm like that takes some effort that actually does take effort like and 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 I'm already like I I don't know oh no I'm gonna cry like I don't know how I can get more hours in the day like I I don't think I can actually like I I actually do more than so many people I know, you know, <laughs> right, like, right. like truly. And even with, as a person with like fucking ADHD, like I, my friend Jenny was like recently saying to me, like, you're so high functioning with given everything. Like you just yeah. never stop. You always show up. You like fucking power through. You do all of these different things. And I don't know. And I just, and I feel like, yeah, I feel like it's like, I'm at a loss. Like I, I don't know. I, I, I need like, and I like need like an assistant to help my assistant. Like, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just like, I can't, it's just not, it's never, it's never, it's never, it's just, it's never, it's never enough. It's never it's, enough. Yeah. It's interesting. <sighs> it's, it's like, um, I think of my husband so much in these times and like it it's very weird and like just go with me for a minute here. He 
he has ADD too. And I think he always struggled with the same things that we're talking about. I think it felt that way for him. Him working in a store really like changed his life and his perception because it a store is never done. You know what I mean? Like it's just this cycle over and over. Like that's the purpose of a store, to fill it up, to empty it out, to sell to people, to fill it back up again. And so everything's always in this like constant state of undoneness that you have to like make peace with in order to like stay sane. I think what I my wish for you, Biz, is that like that is the truth, what your friend said about how you show up and you power through and you do do things and you do like a maximal amount of things. My wish for you is that when something doesn't get done, that you wouldn't see it as a failure mm. because it's not. It's just like some things aren't going to get done. Some things just aren't. Like there's just yeah. not. You know, it's the same as like when we're talking about, well, we've, because we've worked on shows together and stuff before Mm -hmm. about like, we've had like staffs that we've been trying Mm -hmm. to manage and like, okay, so if everybody has like enough tasks to take up an eight hour work day Mm -hmm. and then we send them on like a side quest that is going to take two or four or six hours, you have to like think of what two or four or six hours worth of activities that were already on the list are going to be sacrificed for that thing to be Mm -hmm. done because Mm -hmm. there are just, you know, time is linear and like, and man hours are linear. And so I think you know that about other people, but you don't know that or accept it about yourself. You feel like you you should be able to do all these things and bend and stretch time and you you just can't like you you literally can only do 8 hours worth of stuff and you know and that's fucking hard and it, you're fielding all of this stuff coming into your life stuff like literal stuff and then also like requests figure out of mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. like can you make a video can you send an email can you do this can you do that and it all takes time mm-hmm. and like that was one thing, I, that was one lesson that I was really lucky to learn early on when I worked for Dave is that like when I was his assistant and I wasn't his only assistant, he had several, we had... See, I'm basically David Letterman. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> but also like he empowered, even at that young age when I was so stupid and didn't know you how were, to do... I, sh- there's no way you were. I'm sorry, just stop it. Just, I just, just stop it. You're not, there's no, I'm just going to say this right now and like get him fucking back on the podcast. Like there's not a world in which you were as fucking dumb as you say you were. You may have been not worldly. You may right. not have known about like Dean and DeLuca or whatever. At the <laughs> this time. is what I mean. All I'm saying, but you were, but don't, but stop saying you were so, you were stupid or you were feral or all these things. You weren't. You're, you are you. You are still you. You, I know you now. And so I know what you were like then. And if I'm David Letterman then, and you are you then, I'm like, this bitch can handle anything, Casey. (laughs) Thank you. That's really kind. I think, well, he really did trust me, you know? And like, by the way, I fucked shit up all the time. Like they, like, this is something that, you know, I've told a number of stories of things that I really thought were like an early career ender. And he just like, like taught me how to like 
take ownership of it, fix it as best I could and like move on. And he moved, he never like brought up over and over. Remember the time you fucked up that thing, you know what I mean? Which was so lucky. But one of the things that he empowered me to do is that he empowered me to be his voice and just say like, here's the criteria for things that are important for me. And criteria sounds so, oh, but I loved that word because it was like, if it has to do with kids, it's important to me. If it has to do particularly with kids that are going through an illness, it's important to me. Mm -hmm. If it has to do with like raising money for like a school that's already very wealthy in a wealthy area, that's not as important to me. And so he allowed me to like make those calls and really like stood by it. And it was so much easier just to have me saying like, thank you so much for your request. It doesn't meet the criteria of what we're able to do at this time. Let's touch base again next year or whatever. Mm -hmm. Or like, Mm -hmm. thank you so much for your request. This we can do. And then like work to fit it into those like eight, 10, 12 hours a day. You don't have that. And it's so hard because you're just like, freestyling and freelancing on every fucking thing that comes into your inbox. And you, by the way, I'm surprised everyone who listens to this podcast doesn't have your email because everyone (laughs) has your email. Everyone. (laughs) Or my fucking phone number. Let's be real. Everyone has it and everyone has access to reach right in. And that is so hard when you're trying to keep a through line of your day, you know? Or, or to be honest, my, um, my Instagram because people reach out yeah. to me a lot on Instagram and looks like yes. creators that I like or people that I'm front like uh fond of or yeah. like people who I'm like whatever a fan of yeah and so then it's like oh well I'm a fan of this person oh they like are asking me to do this thing and I want to do this thing for this person and it's like I don't actually can't I don't yeah I mean I don't know how to I don't I mean I do I have the best listen road to hell I have the best intentions I'm of like course. yes I would love to do whatever you need me to do yeah, but I don't have, and I never have, and it, and also there will never be enough. I think for me, support. I just don't like. I just think I'm. I mean, I don't know. I think I could like. It's. I don't know. I think I could hire like ten people, <laughs> and it would be like not enough. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I think you would probably. Well, when you would get more help, you would think you are able to help more. And you would just let it expand again to the point where it was unmanageable and you needed more help. And, you know, and that that is like, well, the road to hell, right? <laughs> no, it's really not. It's just like, it's it's a sign of like your generosity and, and you have big ideas and that's what people love about you, you know? It's just... Oh my God, the ideas, guys. <laughs> ideas for days, you know? She's got and, ideas for days. And it's just, yeah, that we all need help implementing them and like being realistic. And, and I also think whatever we could do, we could fucking go on and on about this all day. I also think that because of who you are, it's Mm. hard for you to sit down and say like, I meant to do 12 things today. I only did nine and seven of those were helping other people. That's pretty good. Like, I don't think it's easy for you to take an accounting. I think you're only thinking of the three things you didn't do or didn't get to and feeling like you let someone down or somehow dropped the ball <laughs> when you didn't, you know? And yeah, that might be true. 
Yeah. So, I mean, I I think it's hard for you to remember your accomplishments at the end of the day in general, like never mind what you've done for other people. I just think it's like out of your mind. And that's an, an ADD thing too, you know? Um, which is good because like it's the, if you were too much the opposite way, you'd be going around like feeling like you were keeping score, you know, which isn't, that's not healthy either, but it's hard. It's hard. And I'm sorry. And I sent you like a little, a cute little mushroom garland idea decoration. And that probably just made you feel like that's one more thing. Did you even see it? You were probably like, this is one more fucking craft I have to do because this bitch is sending it to me. Oh, the, um, I loved it. The, um, it's like the, the, the orange peels, orange peels. But you know what was a real miss for me in that, in that vid? It should be what? cinnamon sticks should be the, you're right. Base. Not, they said twigs. Oh, guys, cinnamon <laughs> sticks, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I sent Fizzy an idea to make a <laughs> mushroom because she's been loving like woodland the holiday decorations, you can make like a mushroom garland. Oh my God, out shit. Of- By the way, guys, if, if, if you want to get these ornaments, I made them, they're available at Fredericks in May for like, I mean, there's like, they're, I don't know if they're gone. I don't know. I haven't looked. <laughs> they might be gone. Wait, let me look. I'll look right now. I'm okay, look. Phone. You made um, some, you made some ornaments at, uh-huh. the, and they're for sale at Fredericks in May. Uh-huh. And, uh, and the, all the proceeds are going to abortion funds. Oh, great. Excellent. Yes. Yes. Okay. So that's exciting for so anyway, all of us. I'll post the uh I'll post the orange peel mushroom garland video. And maybe someone, maybe not you, if you're not feeling it, maybe someone can make one with cinnamon stick stems. And, uh, you know, I think a cinnamon, they just said use twigs, but I'm like a little bit like, guys, I think we can. Yeah, it's a missed opportunity. We can do one better. Yeah. Twigs. (laughs) But what are you doing your best at this week? We just talked about what you feel like you're not doing your best at, but what are you doing your best at? Um, (laughs) I feel like I am doing my best at. I think I'm doing my best at, you know what I'm doing my best at? Okay, wait. No, I really have it. You guys, I know you would think that we would think about this before we do the podcast since we ask each other this every fucking week. (laughs) And yet, here we are. (gasps) Have I thought about it until this moment? No, I hadn't, hadn't thought about it until this fucking moment. I actually think I'm doing a pretty good job. Almost my best, maybe my best. Pretty much my best, maybe my best, the best I can do. I'm doing the best I can do at trusting other people and taking them at their word. That's a really big deal. And it's not easy for me, you know, especially men. Yeah. But I'm like trying to just be open to like that maybe I can, well, and myself, of course, obvi, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I can try to do that a little bit more. Like, and so I think I'm doing my best at that a bit. I think that's so good. And I'm so proud and encouraged to hear you say that because we've talked 
low these many years and even today probably about like the division of labor and mm-hmm. like uh, the, the division of emotional labor even in relationships. And if you can never trust another person and take them at their word, you're always going to be shouldering a disproportional amount of the burden. Yeah. If you, if you don't trust someone to do their part and, and, actually like allow them to. And that can be so hard because obviously like we all have trust issues Mm -hmm. from, you know, from history. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it can be hard to sort of let someone take the reins and do what they're going to do. And you just like live with it. It can be almost impossible not to try to intervene or interject to or, make just sh- doubt, or, or just doubt. Or just doubt them. Right. Yeah. Which, which is because a lot of effort too. It is a lot of effort and it's like unfair. Yeah. Because like your experience and trauma isn't the other person's. Right. And so it's unfair to like, I don't know. It just recently has occurred to me that that's like, another way of looking at it, you know? Anyway, so I'm, I am, I'm doing my, I am doing my best at that. I am doing my best at that. I'm trying. Um, Good for you. I know. Oh, well, I know. (laughs) I haven't been very nice to Mark, but I'm also PMSing, so I've apologized. (laughs) But if he's listening, I'm sorry, Mark. Oh, Mark, if you're listening... I hope I see you. We just have had some stresses, some stressors we're trying to work through in the in the children children's lives, and it's just I get like overwhelmed with everything else, and then I'm like, "Ah!" right? And then he's like, "I don't know if you need. I don't know if that's what how it's going to get fixed." (laughs) I'm like, "Uh, "You don't (laughs) turn into a fucking seventeen year old." Um. Anyway, well. well. Holidays are stressful, guys. Try to reset yourselves. For sure. And I hope you I hope you find something that gets you into some kind of spirit. Even we'll if see. it's not like, you know. We'll see. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe, maybe you're just not feeling it this year. Maybe, maybe this is like a, a building year. Maybe this is this is a rest a rest period this year. Who knows? Maybe this is a resting time. Maybe this is a time to rest. (laughs) Um, Uh, All right, guys. Well, listen. We hope you had a good week. We love you. Yeah, we hope you have a good week. Try to focus on nice things and peace and calm and doing your part. Doing (laughs) what you can and and sending sending that message of love out to each other. Oh, I do want to say on the Facebook group, it's too late to sign up, I think, but there is like a secret Santa and you and I are signed up, of course, obviously. And uh, I just want to thank everyone that participated in it and and everyone who helped organize it. Jen helped organize it. Uh, I think she did everything. But um, yeah, so I will send you your gift because I think one of your gifts already came. And then (gasps) what do I have to send? I'm going to help you. It's someone's expecting a pig pot, aren't they? 
I think your person had like a had like a little wish list. So we'll all right. We'll look. You show we'll you, look. you send yeah. it to me. Yeah. All right, guys. We love you so much. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Okay. Bye. Oh, no.